is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? Happy Monday. It is December 19th, 20, 22. Five days to go, and then we out this piece on the Monty Show. Don't forget, we'll be off next week. We'll be doing YouTube shorts, though, so of course we'll be creating content. It's what we do on the program. We also talk Utah Jazz on the show, as we always do. The Utah Jazz are in Cleveland to take on Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs. I know it seems obvious. Oh, you guys are just looking for clicks. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Actually, did the Utah Jazz win the Cleveland deal for Donovan Mitchell? Are the Utah Jazz better without Donovan Mitchell? Are the Utah Jazz headed in the right direction? As we head for Christmas, let's let's kind of get your, your thoughts. What's the pulse of Jazz Nation? Are... Okay. Uh, hey, Soul Jay's the next great quarterback. The Soul Jay Heisman guy. Yeah. No, he's not. We'll talk BYU football. Bo Nix is back at Oregon. Does that mean it's duck hunting season? We got a lot of Pac-12 football to talk about today. When are we going to get a Pac-12 TV deal? Are the Lakers of Los Angeles wasting LeBron James? I know it sounds crazy, but I I think it is a very legitimate question. Are the L.A. Lakers wasting LeBron James? Yeah. And I think there's a real chance they are. Yeah. I think there is a real chance they are. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. By the way, I would be remiss if I didn't start with the World Cup and the fact that this show is presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. The Advocates, you never pay up front when you go to the Advocates, which is really important because when you've been in an accident, we saw a horrific accident this morning. There was a pickup truck over a fence on its roof. Uh Uh-oh. At four in the morning. Yeah, that's not good. Um, If you get in an accident, if you need help, you call the Advocates. Simply put, Um, And I would recommend you always to go to their website, theadvocates.com. They have a little button there. You can click on it and talk to a lawyer immediately, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at theadvocates.com. And listen, folks, I know there's a lot of people who hesitate to go to attorneys. Why? Your insurance company has an attorney. Why don't you have an attorney? In fact, they've got hundreds of attorneys trying to save them as much money as possible Go to The Advocates, who will get you as much money as possible, theadvocates.com. Um, the World Cup. And I know we don't talk a lot of World Cup on this show. Right, right. That's one of the greatest soccer matches I didn't watch live because, well, I was snowboarding. Right. Pimp's going to pimp. But right, the point obviously. Is, right. The point is, that's one of the greatest soccer matches I've ever seen. And I think when you look at what was on the line for, for Lionel Messi and you look at his legacy, and I think we talk a lot about it on this show. On a regular basis, we talk about athletes' legacies because I think it matters. This was the hole in his legacy. Right. He is now, in my opinion, the greatest soccer player ever. Like, I, I, 
I don't know that it's I don't even know that it's debatable. You put a World Cup on his on his resume and I think Lionel Messi is the best soccer player ever. Yeah, and I think that, you know, Messi is is someone who now is in the best of the best conversation in all of sports. I, I think that when you've accomplished what he's accomplished on a global stage, I think that that matters. I think that that, you know, when you look at, you know, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, like all these guys that we all know and love, you know, like they, Dak Prescott. No, not Dak Prescott. Don't get me started. See, why would you do that? I had a nice take going. You had to throw in, you know, Dak and his absolute. We're driving to we're, we're driving to the Maverick like, Center this morning. Come on, uh, fresh off of the Utah Grizzlies sweeping Kansas City, winning two straight over the weekend, we walk into the winners' building, and Jake just won't shut up about how bad Dak Prescott is. <laughs> And how much he sucks. And he throws interceptions. And Mike McCarthy has a huge cranium. That's right, T. I'm over here like, okay, cool, bro. How about Lionel? Not Lionel or Lionel. Lionel Messi. Right. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. I feel better now. Good. Lionel Messi is a World Cup champion. Yeah. That's crazy. What a, what a game-changing moment in that guy's life. Seriously. All right. Let's talk Utah Jazz basketball on the Monty Show because that's, uh, I think, the biggest story in Utah sports this morning is that the Jazz are in Cleveland to take on Donnie and the Cavs. And if I just asked you simply, did the Utah Jazz win the Donovan Mitchell trade? You're going to say yes. Of course you're going to say yes because when you look at what the Jazz got in that trade, they got a haul. So, of course, on paper, the Utah Jazz won that trade like a freight train through a hay bale. Like, it's not even close. But did they really win that trade? Is this team better off without Donovan Mitchell? If you take the draft picks, if you take Sexton and Markinen, are the Utah Jazz better without Donovan Mitchell on the roster? And the answer is no, they're not. Donovan Mitchell is an MVP candidate who's having the season of his career. And you knew he was going to have this season before it started. So, Jake, are the Jazz better without Donovan Mitchell? No, I mean, I don't think you can ever say they're they're better without Donovan Mitchell. I think Donovan Mitchell is a, is a phenomenal, phenomenal talent. And I think that Donovan is, is special. And I think that you don't just replace those guys. You don't just find those guys. You don't just you know, put three or four guys out there and think that you're going to be better than than what Don can provide. And I think that, that you know, while I like where the Jazz are at, I don't, I didn't love trading Donovan Mitchell. I have to be honest. I, I'm not the guy who thinks that he was the biggest reason that that team couldn't be successful. Were there criticisms? Yes. I didn't like the hero ball, the lack of defense, the lack of belief in his teammates. But I'm not going to sit here and say that, that Donovan Mitchell is is a guy that you should that you should be looking to trade or someone that you shouldn't build around. To me, there was there was a reason you traded him. Clearly him and Danny had a falling out and clearly Don didn't want to be here at the end there. I think we all know that. So to me, like did you win the trade? Yeah, on paper you won the trade, but how long is it going to take you to turn somebody like Agbaging into a, you know, regular NBA contributor? I don't know. How long is it going to take before Colin Sexton can play the one for you or play the two for you on a nightly basis and be reliable? I for, don't know. Furthermore, what do you turn those three unprotected first-round picks into? Yeah. That's you know, the, you know, the bigger so like, question. So, like, when Don goes to the playoffs this year and wins the East in shocking fashion, 
what what then will we say well then we say hey they lost the donovan mitchell trade well i don't know that that's fair to just jump to those conclusions because on the jazz end of it it takes time look i'm telling you now that the jazz in my opinion won the donovan mitchell trade but let's not get overzealous and say they're better without donovan mitchell because they're not and i think when when donovan mitchell comes back to the vivant i think that you are going to see that there's a lot more fan love for donovan mitchell than people make it out to be and i think i'm not going to say it was an overreaction to trade donovan mitchell I still would love to understand why Danny made this trade. Donnie, because please. well, because he won't answer that question. Why did why did Danny Ainge trade Donovan Mitchell? And he continues to defer and push off and frankly people don't ask him that question anymore. But I'm curious, do we get the Donovan Mitchell interview <laughs> when Don comes back? It, I mean is a cuz Don won't talk to the local media one on one. Will he take the time to do a national interview? Well, Malika, uh, was it Malika Andrews, I think, right? That's, that's yes. Malika that's, Andrews, yep. like, did a sit down with Darius Garland. So you're telling me Don can't do a sit down? He has been hesitant to do that. And I, I somebody needs to, to, to ask what happened. Why did you want to be traded from the Jazz? Not did you want to be traded? Not did you ask for a trade? Hey, Don, why did you want to be traded from the Jazz? Because I think now, with all of the things he said since that trade, I think the only conclusion you can draw is that Donovan Mitchell wanted out of Salt Lake City. Thanks. It's the only thing that you can that you can believe at this point. So Don, explain it. If you and if he says no, well, I didn't really want out. Well, then why are you saying, hey, I'm I'm enjoying basketball again? So you did enjoy basketball in Salt Lake City, and you didn't want out, right? Like. All of these veil shots that he's taken at the Jazz. He clearly wanted out of Salt Lake City. And it's not an why? accident he's taken those shots. It's not no, an accident. No, I think they've been very deliberate. But why? Yeah. I, I think we deserve an answer as to why. We as a, a... I wish I could say Salt Lake City roundly supported Donovan Mitchell. It did not. We as a fan base did not support Donovan Mitchell 100%. We didn't. And I think we we we, in hindsight at times treated Donovan Mitchell very poorly. I think we should have respected him more than we did. Sorry if you're offended by that. But I do believe he owes us a, an answer as to why he wanted out of Salt Lake City. Yeah, and I think that I think this is where I wish that that people in the media would press a little more cuz this is not a run of the mill thing like, "Hey, why did Jared Butler not get developmental minutes?" Like this isn't some random you know, obscure, yeah. like, basketball operations topic or question. Like, this is Donovan Mitchell, the best player your franchise has seen from a talent perspective, in my opinion. Like, this is somebody that could have won you a championship yes. and will definitely win you a championship uh, on another team. Like, this is somebody that should have never been traded, should have never worn another uni, and now is having the time of his life in the land. So to me, the land. It's, it, 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 is, it is frustrating. And it is also not surprising that the media outlets here are not pressing the jazz on why this trade went down. And I think that Donovan Mitchell, while, while he's had to get used to the Cleveland media and the fact that the Cleveland media definitely does a better job than the Salt Lake media, um, and they're a little more hardcore. They'll press you a bit more. I think that 
I think that Don doesn't want to answer that question. And I just don't understand it. I don't understand why Danny or Don or any of these I guys don't, don't want to talk about it. But because at the end of the day, you they made their bed with this trade, right? Like Don wouldn't have been traded if he didn't want to be traded. If he wanted to be here, he would have been here. I firmly believe that. And I think I think that someone needs to come out and, and ask him, hey, like, you know, why did you want to be traded? Like that needs to be talked about. It need that that needs to be aired out. And I and I and I think that Danny is too much of a salesman to ever give you a straight answer. And Donovan is just too scared that the media is going to twist his answer into some, you know, whatever, some some different like headline or something. And so that's why he doesn't want to talk. And and that's why I say all the media stuff that went down in Dallas and and just the different happenings with the media while he was here. It doesn't surprise me he doesn't want to talk to those guys, you know, with all due respect. But I, you can't tell me that Donovan Mitchell would not want to do a sit-down with Malika at ESPN and talk about why Salt Lake didn't work out. Why, you know, why it was so difficult for you and Rudy to play together, right? Why, why would you, like, why is it that when Danny came in, it was a negative thing and not a positive thing for Donovan Mitchell? I want to know why, because Danny Ainge is one of the best executives in the league, and everyone knows that. That's not like an opinion of mine, right? Like, solely, like, that is a NBA-wide accepted opinion that Danny Ainge is one of the most prolific executives in the league. So if you're Donovan Mitchell, I would think you'd be excited about that. I would think that you'd be like, all right, so we're going to have a bad year or two, but then we're going we're gonna to build. We're, we're going to start trekking towards the Western Conference Finals appearance. But he didn't want to do that. So, I don't know, man. I think, I think yeah, someone needs to ask him. But the question is, did the Jazz win the Donovan Mitchell trade? I don't, I don't know. Does Don, does Don make it to the NBA Finals this year? You didn't win the Donovan Mitchell trade, right? If he goes to the, if he wins the East this year, you lost the Donovan Mitchell trade. And I know that that sucks, but that's what it is. Because like he said, you knew that Don was going to have this big year. You knew that Don was going to be, you know, in, in the MVP conversation. He's not going to win the MVP. But he's in that group of guys that people are talking about because of his performance. So if you knew that that season was on tap, why would you trade that guy? And that's why it needs to be asked because drama overtook winning basketball games and that can never happen. Yeah, it, it's a tough road to hoe when you're talking about Donovan Mitchell leaving, being an MVP candidate. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I have to think. Now, I mean, his numbers have always been better in the playoffs than they were in the regular season by a pretty wide margin. I mean, he is, I want to say that he averages, like last year, didn't he average 36 points in the playoffs or something? I mean, like his numbers are significantly higher. Yeah. He's a career 30 or 24-point-a-game uh, guy. And, I mean, he's averaging 32 one year, 36 the next year. Like, he's a guy that you can count on in the playoffs. And I think if if the Cavs make a deep run to the playoffs, that's going to hurt Jazz fans because he's already a better player this year than he was at any time with the Jazz. Well, so. and I think Jazz fans are really salty about the whole thing. They were like, I remember having conversations on this show with Jazz listeners at that time who were saying that Don was just hero ball guy and we don't want Don here and Don is, is not going to be a winner. And it's like, dude, like, you know, with all due respect, like, that's just not true. Like, I think Don played hero ball while he was here because he didn't trust his teammates. That's and I think, clear. And I think that that sentiment is is a tough place to be as, a, as an alpha. Well, look what happened last night with Detroit. 
Yeah. Who had the game-winning shot in his hands. Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. And what did he do with it? Shot an air ball. Again. I mean, it, it's, it is difficult, in my opinion, to trust your teammates when you see that repeatedly. <coughs> I think Donovan Mitchell, though, this trade, the one thing it did do is it changed the way Donovan Mitchell looked at his NBA career. And I, I think that there's no way it, it couldn't have. I think when you look at the way that Donnie's playing basketball now, his assist numbers are up, his rebound numbers are up, his shooting numbers are ridiculous this year. Like, I mean, he just has, again, and I know we said it during the summer, but he's taken a huge leap forward, and he's damn near averaging 30 points a game. Yeah, and everyone thought it was going to be, it was ridiculous when you were running that out there. Hey, he's going to average 30 this year. And I have yeah. to admit, I even had my doubts that he would be able to put 30 points a game on the stat sheet regularly, but he's doing that. And he's not only doing 30 a night, he's, there are some nights where he's 36, 38. There's been 20, 40 points. 29 like, points and 29 and a half points a game, four boards, five dimes, shooting 50% so from the floor. You see the efficiency. And again, Good that's Lord. come from the mid-range, as we were telling you guys over the summer. So to me, it's just like you knew that this guy was going to have a big year. It's impossible to know how big of a year someone's going to have. Is he going to average 30? Is he going to average 29? It, like you, know, you don't know exactly what the numbers are going to play out to be, but but I think we all had this understanding that Don worked his ass off this summer and got his body right and got his legs right, and now he's having a huge year. So to me, it's just... It, 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 like it's frustrating that this trade had to happen because, because Don is a championship player. I just don't have doubts about that. And the more time goes on, the more you start to understand Rudy Gobert is is a rather average NBA player overall, right? We're seeing that play out mm. in 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 Minnesota. We're seeing Bogdanovich continue to to airball three-pointers with the game on the line. We're we're seeing Mike Conley continue to be Mr. I'm going to miss games, right? Whether that's because of load management or injuries or whatever, right? He's still that guy. You know who Mike Conley is. We're like, all these guys are the same is my point, right? JC's the same guy. Mike's the same guy. Rudy's the same guy. Bogey's the same guy. Hell, Joe Ingles. Will he be better version of himself? Because typical guys coming He's off He's debuting ACL. tonight, by the way. Joe yeah. Ingles makes his debut for Milwaukee tonight. So, like, maybe Joe Ingles is an even better shooter than he was. But my point is, is across the board, most of these guys, with an exception here or there, are the same guy. And Donnie is this guy who's taken this huge step forward. Yeah, so yeah it's I agree like, with that. Dude, like, why would you trade somebody that you know is going to take this big step forward. And the reason for that is there was drama. There was some sort of falling out, which brings us right back to the point of this needs to be uncovered. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, BB says, we know Donovan asked for a trade. You do? What do you mean he yeah, asked how's for that? a trade? How's that? What do you mean you know he asked for a trade? I, I don't but think... But, like, I think that's what he need. That's someone... We need We need an answer from him. Hey, did so... So the questions I would ask, if I was Malika and I was doing a sit-down with Donnie, I would ask, number one, hey, what did you think of Danny Ainge coming into the organization? What were your thoughts on that, number one? Yeah. Number two, did you ask for a trade? Like, that, you have to ask that question because with all due respect to BB, we don't know if he asked for a trade. Yeah, BB, I don't know what you're looking at. He says, but Don did not make a team great. I watch guys that are superstars, and Don does not feel like yeah, that. Well, you're not watching Cavs yeah, basketball. I, I don't know what then, you're dude. talking about. With all due respect. I mean, he is absolutely dominating. Keep I mean, it he's real. shooting 40 
two percent from he three. He is like, the reason they are winning more games. What, what are you looking at? Yeah, dude. Like, like I, I have no idea what you're looking at. Um, and BB also says Donovan is an amazing regular season guy that in the playoffs does not win you games. Do you know Donovan Mitchell's statistics in the playoffs? And by the way, um, I will look them up just to make but sure. I, but I, but I think that the comment, like you know, stats are important, and we should look at his stats. In the but... po- no, no, no. Specifically in basketball, you either do better in the playoffs than you do in the regular season, or you are a flatliner. You're just a guy that's there. Um, Donovan Mitchell averages 28.3 points, five rebounds, and four and a half assists in 39 playoff games in his career. And specifically last year, um, averaged 25.5 points, 2020, uh, 2021, 32 points, 2019, 2020, 36 points. Like, I don't know how you can say he doesn't make you better in the playoffs. The issue is, and this is this is where this conversation yeah, comes down That's where the rubber to. meets the road, If man. we're going to leave, okay, we'll throw stats out. Who did the Clippers attack in the playoffs? Who did the Mavericks attack in the playoffs? Because it wasn't Donovan Mitchell. It was Rudy Gobert. They played him off the floor. And you're blaming Donovan Mitchell for the Jazz losing in the playoffs. That's crazy to me. That's absolutely crazy to me. Uh, all right, Kurt Myers, good morning to you. First one in, by the way. He says, BYU has a new running quarterback. He's not your new quarterback. We'll talk about that coming up. Soul J, with all due respect, if that's your new quarterback, you're not going to win many games. I am not, based on what I saw in the New Mexico Bowl, I am not at all excited. Uh, M.Y. Monty fan says, happy Monday, boys. Let's smash that like button. Uh, same way uh, you would your favorite Papa Murphy's pizza. Exactly. Yeah, by dude. the way. Yep. By the way, you guys crushed the curve over the weekend. I like um, that. Crush the curve. Yeah, we're we, should, at, we should token that. We are at eighty six ninety six mm-hmm. with how many days left? Uh, 11, 12 days left. Right, right. So we need we need three hundred and four new subscribers by the end of December, and really, it's up to January first because. The first business day of the year is January 2nd, and technically it's January 3rd because January 2nd is a federal day. Well, we'll be on the air Monday the, the 2nd. Um, so if we call it, right, if we call it, um, what is that, 11, 12, let's call it 13 days. That's 23 dude, subs. We dude, were at 34 on. subs needed. That's come how on. many subscribers listen, listen we to got me. on the listen channel. Listen to me. Do not, do not. Pull a Patriots with this with this okay. sub thing, okay? Don't lateral. Why? Don't turn it over. Don't come up short. Don't throw the opportunity away, okay? All we need is 23 a day. Run it into the end zone. Do your job. Hit the like button, and we're taking you to a, to a jazz game. We're so close here. Okay. Okay, 18 likes so far this morning. So if you have a moment, please do go ahead and smash the like button. Uh, let's see. Uh, Oscar says your best player cannot be six, one regardless. Hope we can develop the next Don at six, eight, six, nine. I don't think size has anything to do with it. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I think you have hall of famers who Steve Nash wasn't six ten, right? John Stockton wasn't six ten, right? Like not everybody's six ten. Kyrie Irving's not six ten, And he's in, in my opinion, a hall of famer. And I don't think anyone disagrees with that. So like, 
it's not about height. It's about how you play the game. And Don's shortcomings as a Utah Jazz man were that he didn't have a mid-range game and he was three or right up at the bucket. That's what his problem was. And by the way, those stats, I'd point out last year's stats were on a bum ankle in the playoffs. Like, I hope people don't forget yeah. that. You know, like he was playing on one leg. And he wasn't a mid-range player. And what is he now? He's a dominant mid-range player. So I, I don't think his size... I don't think his size has anything to do with it. I, I really that, don't. I think that people, generally speaking, painting with a big brush, don't want to say that Donovan Mitchell wasn't the core reason this team struggled. I don't think people want to say that. I yeah. think people want to die on the hill of Rudy's a scapegoat and Rudy was the best player the Jazz had. Why is and, Rudy so much, so much more liked compared to Donovan Mitchell when Rudy was so much more of a problem? In the locker room, hit that. I mean, largely the chemistry issues that this team had last year and really the last three years. I mean, a lot of that was smoothed over in previous years because they were achieving beyond what they thought they would. The last two years, the chemistry issues became a problem. I think one, the COVID microphone thing, yeah, was a bigger problem than anybody let on. I, I've been told Fast. that repeatedly, and two. I think last year people just got burned out on Rudy bitching and moaning com constantly. Yeah. Like he, Rudy Gobert is that guy who thinks he's the best player on the team and he routinely complains and obsessively complains. Right. And yet here we go where he's gone to a new team and they won't give him the basketball. That's already a talking point in Minneapolis. Yeah. That you cannot give him the basketball. What has it been? Two months? Three months? And you can't give him the ball. So... I don't know how I don't know how else to 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 say it than I am I I it confuses me that Jazz fans blame Donovan Mitchell far more than they do Rudy. And, and I don't understand it. Rudy gets almost a free pass for being a a massive pain in the ass in the locker room. Yeah. He just gets a free pass for it and I don't understand it. Yep. Like his complaining about not being part of the offense, his complaining about uh, no accountability. And then when players said to him, hey, you got to stop complaining to the officials. It's hurting the team. He told them, no, that's not true. Like, just wouldn't take the feedback. And what did he do? Kept complaining. And then in the playoffs, when he got played off the floor, did Rudy do media sessions? No, he didn't. Did Rudy want to talk about that? No, he didn't. Rudy Gobert was a significant locker room problem, but everybody blames Donovan Mitchell. You're talking about a guy who sat out the biggest game of the year last year. Yeah, he sat out in Dallas. Like, like this isn't even a conversation. And this is this is why I've always said, hey, Jazz Nation loves an underdog. Loves yeah. a guy that's not quite good enough to get the job done, but works his ass off and is a defensive guy. And that's got to change. Jazz Nation needs to start prioritizing the offensive juggernaut who who maybe is a little on the selfish side, but also is giving you 35 a night and carrying your team. Yep. Like, that Ooh. needs to change. NY Mati fan making life difficult. Jimmy Butler or Don right now? Pick Jimmy, one. Butler. Jimmy, yeah, Butler. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. I, I, yeah. He's a killer in the playoffs. Like, he just is. He's that alpha male. That's the one thing we haven't seen from Donovan Mitchell yet is him just being an out-and-out -out alpha male that will... Do whatever it takes defensively, offensively, like just win the game. That we know about uh, about Jimmy Butler. In the playoffs, I'm probably taking Jimmy Butler. 
it, overall, I would take Donovan Mitchell. He's younger. I think he's a more well-rounded player. But Jimmy's just got that it factor in the postseason that I think a lot of a lot of people would die to have, right? Yeah. So, and I don't think we've seen that out of Don yet. By I the way, I think so. that Jimmy Jimmy has a clutch gene for sure. I think Jimmy is a better defensive player than Donovan. Although Donovan, and this is where I think we have a lot of you know, with all due respect, a lot of casuals in the chat right now about Donovan's game this year. Donovan's defensive game has taken huge steps forward. Yeah. Like you, yeah. if you don't watch Cavs basketball then you wouldn't have seen that. And that's okay. I get it. But but I don't want to see in the chat, you know, hey, like Don doesn't play defense or Don's not this great player because he has taken those steps forward. He has developed. And that's the crux of our conversation today about, hey, did you win this trade or not? Because you can't tell me that, you know, Danny Ainge and Jay-Z, Justin Zanuck, Jay-Z. didn't see this season coming. You can't tell me that when when Danny, Ryan Smith, and Justin Zanuck were sitting in a room with Don, because I do believe that happened, you can't tell me that they didn't see a guy that was driven and was ready to go, but in the moment was frustrated. Like, you you know why he was frustrated. Yeah. And to me, this, this front office, unfortunately for Danny Ainge, because I love the guy, unfortunately, Danny Ainge is one year too late. Like, if Danny Ainge had come in... What like before last season? I think we're having a completely different yeah. conversation, dude. I think that this team is still together. I think you made a coaching change. You got rid of Rudy, and you're going out to win the Western Conference. That's what I think. Yeah. I, but it's that's not what happened. Uh, let's see. Scott Howard says that was at Game Four and Game Six of his rookie year against OKC. There was an infatuation with Don. And he loved it here, according to things he said. That was a fun series. Yeah. I would agree. I think the the conversation about critical race theory with Donovan Mitchell changed the way fans felt about him. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt. Yep. I think it made it easy to root against Don, I, and which I don't understand. I just, you know. Uh, Provo Cougar fan says, don't care why Donovan Mitchell dislikes Salt Lake City, Utah, or the Jazz. I live in Provo, and I also don't like Salt Lake City. If he didn't like it here and wanted to be traded, so be it. Okay. Okay, how about how about this? <laughs> wow, Provo Cougar about, fan just gonna, coming if out. If you're going to say something like that, I need some whys. Why don't you like yeah, Salt Lake? Yeah, what is it about Salt I love Salt Lake City. I, I, I live in South Jordan. I love Salt Lake City. Yeah, like, I, 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 I need to understand, like, with all due respect, like, I know that Provo is is its own little world down there, with all due respect, and I love it Provo. Is. I love BYU. I love, I love all the connections and the folks down there. But the reality is, if you don't live in Salt Lake, you don't get this. Like, Salt Lake and Provo are two different places. 100%. Like, they are two different worlds. 100%. So when I see a comment like that, I'm really curious, because I know you're a Jazz fan, I'm sure, on some level. Why are you so comfortable saying you don't care if he if he leaves? Like, I care. I, it's I do It's surprising care, yeah. to me. Yep, and I also care that you live your best life, which is why you need to go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. All of our Utah Jazz talk and NBA talk on this show presented by our good friends at TridayTrading.com. Speaking of Provo, they're right there in Lehigh. Uh, Local company, great entrepreneurs that run that company. Ryan and the guys at TridayTrading.com have built an empire, and they've done it by turning people who are frustrated and tired of collecting a paycheck working for somebody else into entrepreneurs, into business owners, into prolific day traders. And we say it all the time, and a lot of people ask me, hey man, can can we really make $1,000 a day day trading? Yes, you can. Absolutely, you can. And it is, it is not something that you need to take my word for. 
The proof is in the pudding. And if you look at the people who have gone through the Tri-Day Trading Program, they're no longer struggling to find that side hustle because they don't need a side hustle. They make really good money as a full-time day trader. Well, maybe you want to keep your job. Maybe you have a pension coming up. Whatever that might be for you. You can day trade on the side because every day there are people who day trade after going through the Tri-Day Trading Program and make hundreds of dollars a day as a part-time day trader. And Jake and I have talked about this on the show. There was there was a whole community at Yelp when we worked at Yelp that was day trading on the side. And when you look at the, that kind of group, those are people that are making hundreds of dollars a day every day day trading. And all you have to do to get there is go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. Stop struggling to buy Christmas gifts. Stop struggling to pay off credit card debt. The one thing you cannot do in this current economic climate is carry debt. Make enough money to be debt-free. Make enough money to be independent by going to trydaytrading.com slash Monty. And all I'm asking you to do is watch the free webinar. Register and watch the free webinar at trydaytrading.com slash Monty and then make a decision. But I'm telling you now, if you're not ready to change your life and if you're not ready to make significant money, don't go to trydaytrading.com slash Monty because you won't be able to pass up the opportunity. It's fantastic. And again, I can't say enough about the people at Triday Trading. They are fabulous. They are locally owned and operated here in Lehigh. Hook it up, TridayTrading.com slash Monty. If you're just tuning into the show this morning, talking about whether or not the Jazz won the Donovan Mitchell trade. And really, I guess the bigger question is, are the Jazz better without Donovan Mitchell? And there has been quite a bit of dissent on this, which is surprising. I am really surprised about that. Uh, BTS Dance Studio says, Laurie equals good role player guy only. Totally agrees. The number two. Yeah. He's a number two. Uh, no doubt about that. Provo, Provo Cougar fan says about Salt Lake City because he had said, I don't like Salt Lake City. Um, traffic, too many people, too hard to get there in the winter, difficult to cross town, too many crazy Ute fans. Yeah, so, you know, nicely, we just we just are in a different reality. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, we we I live in Daybreak, so I have to commute. My commute just to the 15 is a good commute. I don't have any trouble getting across town. Like Bangor Highway, 15, 215, 80. Like there's a way to get everywhere. Yeah. Um, I do agree that Salt Lake has more of a big city feel than Provo. I mean, that's that's pretty straightforward. Oh, yeah. I don't think that that's any kind of but hot the, take. The, like, thing, the reasons that we all love Utah County and Provo is because the family feel. Yeah. You know, the the I would agree the population density being less, although that's changing now. You know, Utah Lake, like you, it just has a more laid back rural feel to it but those of us that are big city folks that like things like going to vivid arena watching jazz games going to the u to watch utah games you know like going out to eat one of the things we're going to talk about is do we still like going out to eat like i love going out to eat we went up to ruth's chris and park city last night like doing stuff like that is really enjoyable i love living in a bigger city that's why I like living in Salt Lake City. But here's you get my question about this comment, though. Can we? Can you scroll back up and find his ori- the original one? It should just be up here a little bit. Okay, we have a okay, lot, here we have it a lot is, of right comments. Yeah. We do have a lot of comments. Yes, go ahead. There so so he says, don't don't care why Donovan Mitchell dislike Salt Lake City, yeah. Utah, or the Jazz. I live in Provo, and I also don't like Salt Lake City. If he didn't like it here and wanted to be traded, so be it. So you're saying that because Donovan Mitchell didn't like the traffic that's why he wanted to leave 
Is that I and I'm not even trying to mock you. I'm being serious. Like, are we really sitting here saying that 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 because Donovan didn't like the traffic or the feel or the people, that's why he wanted to leave? Yeah, I would disagree. With I that. just don't buy that. I, I, I think that, that I think you're saying that you don't care why he wanted to be traded. If he didn't want to be here, don't be here. And I, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. You know, I, I think it's one of those things where you I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence with that with that take. I, I feel like the Jazz aren't in a position to say, hey, if he doesn't want to be here, kick his ass out of here. You're not in a position. You're not that franchise. You're not the Lakers. You're not the Celtics. You're not the Bulls or the Knicks. You're not those teams. You don't have the luxury of running through 15 different all-star caliber players to find the one that works for you. I would agree. Uh, Charles says, I'm associated with a professional basketball team. In fact, we just won... The TBL National Championship. What is the TBL? I don't know. Let me look Enjoyed the interview with the G League player the other day. Can tell you, you want poison out of your locker room. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. There is no doubt about that. Absolutely no doubt about that. Uh, BB says, the real question is, does Don make others around him better? With him, did the Jazz win a title in the next two years? I think if Donovan Mitchell's on this team right now, and let's say, you know, Laurie Marketing. Colin Sexton are not. Are they a better team now than they are with Donovan Mitchell? You know, I don't know the answer to that. Um, You probably have a different set of guys here because Danny would have made different trades at that point. Um, And likely Boyan Bogdanovich is still here. So yeah, I think you probably are a better team. I think you are a better team with, with Donovan Mitchell, but... In the long run, I think you're a better team built this way. Yeah, I just don't agree with with you. Don't have a superstar on this team. You don't have an alpha. That's a huge problem. Yeah. Uh, Kyle J says, "I wish we got a chance to see Don perform and develop under Will Hardy." Oh, yeah. Well, Boy, that's, I think a that's kick the in the balls right there. That's the other side of it too. I'm, I I appreciate that yeah. comment. Like, I think the Quinn stuff is is also a deep, deep thing with Jazz fans and and with me too. Like, I think I love Quinn Snyder. I loved. The way he the way he kind of went about basketball and, and the way they played, but I have to admit, at the end it was pretty rough. Like at yeah. the end, he was lacking, and 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 that's he no- did, he had lost his drive. Yeah, I think he had he had his spirit broken here the last year. Yeah, and that's a really tough thing to recover from. Uh, My Monty fan says Joe Ingles is going to get some open looks in Milwaukee. Unfortunately, these trades were probably necessary. For the evolution of both the Jazz and Don, totally agree. But my but, totally agree. But in that comment, that's spot on. But my thing here, and I think even if you're someone who says, "Hey, get his ass out of here if he didn't want to be here," if you're that guy, like even for you, you have to wonder, "Hey, what happened between Danny and Don?" You have. What to. was the what was the the fallout? What was the reason that this guy? who did so much for our organization, decided he didn't want to be here anymore to the point where he allegedly or possibly or maybe asked for a trade. We don't know if he did, but maybe that happened. That's as far as I'm willing to go with that. That's my thing. Like, no matter what you think of Don and Rudy or Don and Quinn or Don or whoever, like, this guy's an all-star caliber player. This guy's better than Laurie Markkinen, right? With all due respect to Colin Sexton or... Ochai Akbaji. Donovan Mitchell is better than all of those guys. I would agree with that. So let's not sit here and be like, well, if he didn't want to be here, he can just go ahead and leave. You don't have that luxury. And that's what I'm saying. 
the Jazz have to get traction with the guys they have now. Yep. Uh, Mike Maples, good morning. New Maples, he said the last couple of years, Don uh, has picked up freak injuries late in the year, hurting his uh, last couple of playoff runs, hence why he was focused this summer on getting his body right. Yeah, that's true. Spot on. Yeah, that, yeah, I don't think he ever recovered from that ankle injury two years ago. I think... Do you even lift? The yeah. medical staff, another conversation. Well, then they got fired because of it. Yeah. I, I don't think he ever recovered from that that injury. I really don't. Well, um, you now he has, obviously, but I, I don't think before that uh, he did. Kyle J says, we're seeing Donovan continue to improve and evolve his game. Rudy is the same dude now that he was when he entered the league. That explains who the problem was. Well, I mean, l- listen, Rudy showed growth and development defensively. Offensively, you know, it, it is. I have a really good friend of mine in radio that works in Minneapolis, and we were talking the other day about Rudy Gobert. And he, he asked me, why did the Jazz not develop his game with his back to the basket? And frankly, I think, and what I told this friend of mine was, hey, Scott, I just think that it's because... Rudy plays a lot of international basketball. I think Rudy is a guy that believes he can shoot, but he's never been able to prove that. Like Rudy, Rudy has never believed that he needed to add new things to his game. Would you go as far as to say that Rudy's not coachable? I would. I think Rudy's very arrogant. I think he is very confident, which is great. But he's very arrogant, which is not. He's not humble at all. Which we saw play out with the COVID microphones with, you know, the official thing in the locker room with, you know, the, you guys all remember the conversation we had on the show when all the locker room stuff was happening and Conley and Clarkson went to Rudy. His demand, his demand of, and again, I think we are still the only ones who reported this and it's fine. We're just the hacks on YouTube. Right, right. When he demanded last year, and I want to say it was, it started in like January, February of him demanding to be, to have offensive sets run for him. I want it. And Quinn resisted that for at least six weeks. And then after the All-Star game, finally gave in and they started running sets for him and it did not end well. Like when he tries to get his back to the basket and dribble the ball, it's it's a, I when he put the ball on the floor, I don't remember the stat last year, but yeah. it was, I mean, almost, almost nine out of ten times he would it would it was a turnover. <laughs> but and we're but it we're, was a negative we're result. seeing that in T Wolf land. Yes, we're seeing same that thing. still. So so I think to Kyle's point, like you know, it's it's unfair to say that Rudy hasn't developed because he has developed his defensive game. He is not the defensive player he is today without developing. He is focused in his career, Rudy Gobert. I'm becoming an elite defensive player and an elite offensive rebounder. It's something that was mandatory when Quinn really turned the screws two years ago to shoot more threes. You'll remember philosophically Quinn changed and they wanted to start shooting a ton more threes. And that's when Rudy really focused on becoming the best offensive rebounder in the NBA, which for a time he was. I don't know if he is still that. I mean, his rebound numbers are always good, but... He's also seven foot six, and you know, he's a massive human like being. You would expect on some level yeah. his rebound numbers to be good. Yeah, he's a seven footer. You would expect him to be good, but he has never developed an offensive game. Never. Uh, Maple says Don was the best player in the trade, so win for Cleveland, but Rudy was the best player in his trade. He was not. There, It is unequivocal that Jazz won the Rudy Gobert trade. It is yeah. because, I mean, you, you look at 
at Walker Kessler, the upside of Walker Kessler, what you're going to get for Jared Vanderbilt in the but, trade. But what's the difference, though? Like, like the crux of the difference is not Walker Kessler, right? Just so we're clear, the, the, the crux is that Rudy Gobert's upside potential does not outweigh what they got in the trade, no, whereas it doesn't Don's, outweigh $41 million a year well, and 23% yeah. of your yeah. salary cap. Yeah, yeah. No, that was the issue with Rudy. Yeah. The yeah. guy who screwed Rudy was Dennis Lindsay. Yeah. It wasn't Danny Ainge or Ryan Smith. You, the, and, and, and again, go back. It's all on the channel. You can never hide it. The day he signed that contract, we told you he's going to be traded. Yeah. Because you cannot, you cannot sign a guy to 23% of the salary cap who can't get his own bucket. Rudy Gobert needs somebody to miss a shot to get his best, highest use. Yeah. That's the reality of who Rudy Which Gobert is. Which is a brutal is. existence if you think about it because that means your team is losing. That means your team is <laughs> losing a lot of the, like, again, remember what we've always said on the show. For Rudy to have a big night, the Jazz had to shoot less than 35% from three. Yeah. Uh, Ahmad says, have to hop off due to work, but we'll watch later. Could we talk a little bit of Houston Rockets rebuild after Harden in Houston? Well, it's Dude. an interesting comparison. It is. It is it an is. interesting comparison because yeah. you look at you look at Harden and you look at Russ and you look at, at Chris Paul, you know, all going through Houston and now leaving. That's not the same model that the Jazz are going to use. The Jazz are not going to draft with all of these picks that they have. Danny's going to trade, I would think, the majority of the picks that they have yeah. because I maintain that once a new CBA comes in, draft picks are going to be worth far less. I think my guess is you are going to see guys coming to the league earlier and earlier and earlier. And I think Bronny could be that first guy. And we'll see what, you know, hey, is he going to college? Like Then right behind him is Bryce James, who's probably going to be a better pro than Bronny. Here's the deal. I'm the best there is. We'll see, but there's so much talent in the pipeline right now. How many of those guys want to get paid right now? Yeah. And are getting paid right now. Well, but NIL and yeah, dude. and yep. college and yep. portals and we'll see. And I think the, the NBA draft <laughs> is going to be worth less and less, in my opinion. Because yeah. I think you're going to have guys taking different routes now and it'll be interesting to see. That's all I'll say. It'll be interesting to see. BTS Dan says uh, Cavs won big. Well, if they win a championship and Don wins an MVP, I think you could absolutely say that. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, there is no doubt about that, in my mind anyway. Uh, Giggity says Rudy doesn't have the heart of a champion. He's soft and thinks he's better than he is. Rudy Gobert is soft. I think Giggity, I think that's a great point. I think that I agree with that comment. Uh, the one thing that I'll say, and we had this conversation Friday about the heart of guys when we were talking about John Collins. I'm not going to sit here and say that Rudy Gobert doesn't want to win or doesn't have the heart no, to, not. to to you know beat the opposition. Because I think you know Rudy Gobert works his ass off. Like I, I I don't discredit Rudy's work ethic at all. I think the guy works really hard. And when you put him on the floor, you know you're going to get 100% out of yes. him. So yep. to me, I I don't disagree that the guy's not a championship player, but I, I, I do disagree with the idea that he doesn't have the heart of a champion. I think he wants to win as much as anybody, but I, I think that he's just not a winning basketball player. Yep, the biggest stories in sports every day on this show presented by Quick Quack Car Wash. Man, it was so good to get through the wash on Saturday 
again, long line at, at, at Quick Quack because I think it's everybody's favorite car wash. I think we all recognize that. We were through in five, six minutes. It was yeah. so quick. Um, I've been up to the mountains, you know, quite literally Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We were up in, in Park City with all the snow, like the car looks great. You know, it was so cool the other day that uh, I was sitting outside of Alta because as a man, I can't go into Alta with my wife. It just, I mean, it, I believe it lowers your testosterone level the right. minute you walk inside of right. Alta. Whatever. The huge makeup store. Right. Uh, but we were at Alta at Mountain View Village and I was sitting outside waiting for her to come back out of the store and this little kid walked up and knocked on my window. And he was talking to me about my car and he's hey like talking about how cool it is that he could see his reflection in the pain and my red seats and the car looks great. It's because... <laughs> the kid asked you, you told me the kid asked you, why do you have red seats? Yeah. And I told him because I can. That's what I said. Because it is an real. You know, when you make an app, anyway, the point is, um, it was really cool, but that only happens because the car was clean. It looked beautiful. We vacuumed it. It looked great. Like it was just a great experience at quick quack car wash. And it's easy. It's really, really affordable, man. I pay $21 a month to quick quack to get their best car wash as many times as I want in a month. You're probably paying like $4 a car wash. Yeah, you know, especially like, during the, well, and I say especially during the wintertime, I get my car wash two, three times a week in the summer anyway. Well, and I think the consistency is what's impressive to me. I mean, obviously you guys know that Quick Quack's been on the show for a minute now, and I think that, you know, it takes time to, to see if they can keep replicating the result, and they do. Yeah. And that's what I think is really the value proposition. Like, you pay $21 a month, even when the line is long, you're still cool with it because you know they're going to move you through. And the wash is, is good. Like, it's good every single time. Yeah, I agree. Quick Quack Car Wash brings you the biggest stories in sports. I think clearly the biggest story in sports is the Austin Napierski surgery. Dude, what is happening? Bro, what 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 do we got going on here, man? Are you Updates. are you okay, dude? You all right? Yeah, hope need, you're need good. Yeah, what, what's going on, dude? What, what are we getting sliced? By the way, Mrs. Monty goes back to the doctor today for her broken shoulder. Right. Um, so that's going to be interesting. We'll have an update on that for you tomorrow. Um, interesting, Austin. I hope you're okay. Let us know uh, what's up with that. Uh, question, do NBA players have to pay different state income tax based on percentage of games played in different states? Yes. Um, all professional athletes do. Um, they pay personal income tax based on the percentage of their total compensation earned in that state. Um, so it really just depends on you know how much money how many games did you play there? You know, obviously you play the bulk of your games in your home state, but if you're, you know, if you are the Lakers, um, obviously you're going to pay personal income tax in California for all those games in California, but you also got to pay in, you know, Hey, they play a preseason game in Nevada in Las Vegas. They play games in Dallas. Like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta file taxes in every one of those, uh, in every one of those. Uh, Charles M says, probably on a tax question, compare rolling stock taxation, uh, and taxation of airlines. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not an accountant. No, that's not the show. This Sorry, is why man. we that's, pay that's, an accountant. That, yeah. Uh, and my Monty fan says the Rudy Gobert model for development, uh, is what you pray for in every rookie. It is. I don't disagree with that. You would love to see every rookie project forward is, you know, Walker Kessler projects to be the best shot blocker in the NBA right now. And again, it's not a see. And this is where this is where I think we really got to do like as sports fans and as people who really watch this game that we all love. We really got to be intentional and do a good job about defining Rudy like Rudy for the millionth time is not a bad player. He's not like it, the He's conversation isn't that Rudy Gobert sucks, but 
if we're talking about championships and winning at the highest level, like the elite company that that we would love to see Donovan Mitchell or any jazz man in, yeah, Rudy Gobert wasn't good enough, and neither was Donovan Mitchell. With all due respect, you weren't good enough when you had your opportunity in Utah. But that said, he's going to be good enough in Cleveland. I'm telling you, don't be yep. surprised when this guy and that Cleveland team shocks the Celtics randomly one year. All right, more Utah Jazz talk coming up uh, as well at the top of the hour. We'll get into uh, BYU, Pac-12, Big 12 talk. But right now, as always, 10 to the hour every hour. It's Football at 50, uh, presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Hey, yo, thanks everybody who texted us and tweeted us pictures over the weekend of your Papa Murphy's Pizza. Family home evening tonight. You got the Jazz and the Cavs. Never a better night to order that Papa Murphy's Pizza up. Hook it up. Use the promo code Monty25. Make sure you get barbecue sauce on that pizza, man. We're not doing pizza sauce on this show. By the way, by the way. Yeah. We've got to have a conversation about eating out. Yeah. We do. Went to Ruth's Chris in Park City last night. I don't know. We're going to have to talk about that. Uh, biggest stories in football this morning. Um, has Bill Belichick lost his mojo? This loss by the Patriots. I don't know if you guys saw what happened in Las Vegas. They were tied going to overtime with, what, three, five seconds left. They decide to run the football to go to overtime. And I don't know, there hasn't been a clear indication of who called what. They decided to run like some crazy Hail Mary reverse lateral play that Chandler Jones, the linebacker for the Raiders, intercepted a lateral and ran it back for the game-winning touchdown on a Bill Belichick coached offense. Jake, has Bill Belichick lost his mojo? I don't know that he's lost his mojo, but I do think that the guy's been coaching forever. And I think that, you know, to me, the passion is a little less these days. You know, you can just kind of see it. You can kind of feel it. Like, you know, and, and I think that Bill Belichick, you know, had Tom Brady for 20 years. You did a lot of winning. You accomplished everything you'd want to accomplish. Like, the guy's getting paid to coach a football team now. Like, I think he's just cruising into retirement, if I'm being honest. So, has he lost the ability to win championships, that kind of mojo? No. Does he have a crappy football team? Yeah, he does. He's got a, a young quarterback. He's got a very average defense. Like, it, it, they just are who they are. But to me, you you can't... That's, like, undisciplined. That That is... That's what surprised me about that play. Like, it's undisciplined. It makes it look like you didn't know what the score was or the situation. Like, that... So, to me, I don't know. That felt very flukish to me like Bill Belichick would never tell his team to do that but at the same time he's the coach so he bears the responsibility okay how about Zach Wilson Zach Wilson plays well on paper and the Jets lose well I'm here to tell you Zach Wilson did not play well and even if you look at the numbers on paper, the Jets should have won that game by two scores, in my opinion, Jake. Is Zach Wilson a starting quarterback in the NFL? Not yet. Not yet. I think that Zach Wilson has no idea what the defense is trying to do. That's what I think. I think the guy doesn't understand concepts. 
I think Zach Wilson doesn't understand how to move safeties. I think he tries to force the ball into windows that are just never going to be there in the NFL. Like, just because your guy is open when you have the ball in your hand doesn't mean he's going to be open when the ball gets there. And the best quarterbacks in the league, Sex Machine, Justin Herbert, you know, Joe Burrow. Joe like, Burrow. You know, all these guys that are really successful, they know how to move safeties and they know what's going to be open when. So that's what I think Zach's got to figure out. Now, and this is a question I think you have to ask about Zach Wilson. Is he getting the coaching that he needs? I would love to see Zach Wilson change teams. I would love to see Zach Wilson go spend a year with Doug Peterson in Jacksonville. I'd love to see Zach Wilson go be a backup on a Josh McDaniel team. Yeah. I'd love to see Zach Wilson go somewhere with a quarterback guru. That's what I'd like to see. Where every day during an NFL season, Zach Wilson is getting time with one of the best QB teachers and developers in the NFL, because that's not happening in New York. Well, and I he's, think we see the difference, right? He's, well, he's making the same mistakes over and over again, which tells you he's not getting, in my opinion, tells you he's not getting proper coaching. But this is this is the reason that Mahomes was so successful early in his career, right? Like, Or these guys that get to sit behind guys who are prolific because they learn, they get to sit in the room, they get to yes. understand, hey, what did, what did Patty see on this play that I'm not seeing? And now that I know what he sees, now I can see it. And that's what Zach's not getting there. So whether Zach gets that from a coach or uh, or he goes to to a team that's got a, a dominant starter and he's just chilling, learning the ropes, like he needs something like that. That said, in his press conference after the game, dude has definitely eaten the slice of humble pie that he needed to eat, in my opinion, because he said he didn't get the job done. He said that he has to be better. He said that, you know, like he did the... What he, what he should have done in the press conference. So to me, improvement-wise, I think he has improved yes. in that area. Yeah, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's any way to say that Zach Wilson has not improved in some areas. But that understanding to what you said, yeah. what is the defense trying to do to me? And at the basic, you know, cellular level. Okay, uh, I think you you have to understand in your microbial DNA. Yeah, as a quarterback, you have to understand what the defense is trying to do to you, and I just don't think Zach has a an understanding of that. He also lacks basic footwork at times. You know, like th there's a highlight of him throwing a screen that's just woefully low and bounced into the receiver because his feet are pointed in the wrong direction. Like his feet are pointed back behind the receiver. Yeah. So he's throwing across his body. You're not going to be accurate. That's what tells me that Zach Wilson's not getting the coaching that he needs. And I think he needs a change of scenery desperately. Absolutely needs a change of scenery. Yes. Uh, Boyd Lake says the Jets have special teams problems. Second time they gave up a punt return. That is the difference in a game. That, sure, but they should have won the game by two touchdowns. But Zach Wilson isn't good enough right now or capable enough right now to win the game by two touchdowns. Yeah. He missed multiple open throws that should have been first downs that stalled drives. So, I, 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 and I don't disagree with you, Boyd. I think their special teams are trash. I agree. Zach Wilson should have won that game by two touchdowns. Yeah. But just isn't prepared to do that. Uh, Kyle J, have the Jets ever developed a QB well, Zach Darnold, Geno, no, et cetera? They haven't. they haven't. And it's been coach after coach after coach, which tells you Woody Johnson doesn't put money into development is what that says. Um, let's see. An NY Monty fan says, oh, Timothy Brady, poor guy. 
Okay, if Belichick's lost his mojo, has Tom Brady lost his mojo? The fumbles, not the interceptions. Yeah. The fumbles are what concern you about Tom Brady. He's always been a guy that's gotten hit because he stands in the pocket. He rarely is a guy that's put the ball on the ground until this year. Man, I, I have real questions about that. I just think that. they're having a crap year in Tampa, if I'm being honest. Like, I think there's a lot of negativity yeah. around the team. I think that, again, we're, we're sitting here talking about guys who've done a crap ton of winning in their career who are on bad football teams, and they're not passionate about coming to work. Yeah, it's I agree. Simple. I agree. Pipe Piper says Zach Wilson is done in New York. New York City needs a different coach. I agree. By the way, real quick, real quick, who's the NFL MVP? Yeah, I think how, this is pretty clean cut. How is this not Jalen Hurts? We've been talking about Jalen Hurts yeah. as the MVP since September because you can see, you want to talk about a guy that's developed. Yeah. You can see that Jalen Hurts has become a far better passer. How many guys in this league can run for, for three touchdowns, throw for 300 yards in the same game? Yeah. It just doesn't happen very often. He did that yesterday against the beloved. But I think we need to start saying, hey, this guy is better than Lamar Jackson. This guy's better yeah. than guy, like the guys in the league who can really run but can't throw need to take a step back to Jalen Hurts. But I also think the media narrative about black quarterbacks has to change. Like, it, it, there, it's so taboo to say, well, he's a black quarterback. The problem is we won't have an honest level discussion about quarterbacks in the league because we're too scared to do that. Yeah. Historically, black quarterbacks have been pigeonholed as guys who cannot throw the football. I'm telling you that's not the case. In today's NFL, the issue simply is, what do guys do when they're under pressure? Lamar Jackson runs. What does what does a guy like Jalen Hurts do when he's under pressure? He makes the right decision. Yeah. That's a huge difference. Notice he didn't say he didn't run. He makes the right decision. Yeah, and, and I think Jalen has shown he can throw the ball and he can run the ball. I don't, I don't think Patrick Mahomes is more important to the Kansas City Chiefs than Jalen Hurts is to the Eagles because I truly believe without Jalen Hurts, they're not they're not where they are right 100%, now. 100%. They're not. Yeah, I, I, I think that we're not having a conversation about best quarterback in the league. I want to be really clear because Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than yes. Jalen Hurts. That said, Jalen Hurts is having a better year. Who's more valuable Hurts, to their team? Yeah, Jalen, to me, Jalen, I agree with what you just said. Jalen Hurts is, they're not where they are without Jalen Hurts. That's just that's just the fact of the case. I would agree with that. And you're not where you are if you don't have Papa Murphy's Pizza. Papa Murphy's presents how to change the way you pizza. Step one, carefully knead dough. Step two, artfully spread sauce. Step three, add fresh mozzarella and assemble toppings. Step four, realize we already did all that for you. So all you have to do is bake it. For a limited time only, get the Hog Heaven Pizza with Canadian bacon, ground sausage, and crispy bacon. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. Indeed you do. Use the promo code MOTC25 when you change the way you pizza. Download the Papa Murphy's app. Use the promo code MONTY25 at checkout. Get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more like Teddy Wayman did. The the, the bearded uh, maven, the Teddy Wayman. Um, hit us with a picture on Twitter. Um, I just appreciate all of you guys. And listen, when you go to Quick Quack, when you order your pizza, when you go to Triday Trading and you watch the, watch the free webinar, snap yep. a picture, tweet it at us. It really helps us, you know, see what you guys are doing. It really helps us see that 
you know, our partners are making a difference. And we talk about it uh, routinely with guys like Barbecue Pit Stop. You know, again, people telling us that Barbecue Pit Stop taught them how to make their turkey for Thanksgiving or yep. all that stuff is great. So when you use uh, the promo code Monty25, make sure you shoot a picture and uh, tag us on, um, tag us on uh, Twitter or Instagram. That's always appreciated. Uh, real quick, couple more. I started liking the Oilers because of Warren Moon, which is why I am now annually disappointed as a Titans fan. Well, you know, Ryan Tannehill ain't Warren Moon. Right. You know. Right. Uh, Boyd Lake says, Doug Williams, Warren Moon, Steve McNair, Donovan McNabb, all great passing QBs. Deshaun Watson? Uh, I Well, and if we're having an honest discussion about this, I hate the fact that we categorize by guys by quarterback and then black quarterback because we don't say Zach Wilson's a underperforming white quarterback. Agreed. Right. You know what I mean? Agreed. Like we, I completely agree. We tend to classify black quarterbacks into this little thing. You're a good quarterback or you're a bad quarterback. It, yeah. it, it's not, well, you're a good black quarterback and you're a bad black quarterback, but you're all good because you're white quarterbacks. Which too many times that's what the the conversation among NFL quarterbacks becomes. Well, and I don't like that it's an inference, right? It, nobody nobody comes out as you just said. Nobody comes out and says, "Oh, well, he's a he's a crappy black quarterback," right? Like it's just an inference. Oh, uh, well, you know, Lamar, you know, eh, you know. Yeah. But hey, you look at uh, you look at Buddy with the Giants, right? Well, he's amazing, even though he's not, right? Like I just wish that. And this is, I've always said this. I wish that the ESPNs of the world, the CBSs, the big boys, I wish they would just come out and say, hey, Jalen Hurts is the MVP this year. It doesn't matter if the guy is white, black, brown, or yellow. It doesn't matter. He's the he's the best quarterback in the league this year. He just is. Like, he's having that year. He means the most to his team. He's dynamic. He makes the right decisions. They wouldn't be where they are without him. Why is that so difficult to say? Why is it so difficult to say that Lamar Jackson, while he's multidimensional, when the game's on the line, he's one-dimensional? He can't deliver the football. But, but like, again, if you look at Dak Prescott, I think Dak yeah, Prescott Dak. is a perfect example of this conversation. Like, is Dak Prescott the problem in Dallas? No, the defense is the problem. I think the defense in Dallas is overrated. I think Micah Parsons should shut up and play football. Is Dak Prescott throwing interceptions? He is. He's had interceptions, what, now in four straight games? Yeah. Right? But are the interceptions his fault? How many times? We saw it yesterday on the game winner in overtime. How many times have we seen Dak Prescott hit a receiver in the hands who tries to make, in this case, a body catch, right? Like the ball, the, the route is designed to be an out route at seven yards for the wide receiver. He turns that into an out route that doesn't go seven yards. He starts trying to get up the field. He tries to make a body catch with the football. It hits his arm, <coughs> bounces up in the air. The guy makes an interception, goes for the touchdown. Game over. But Dak said after the game, I had no choice but to throw that ball low. I intentionally threw that ball low. That's not on Dak Prescott. That happens repeatedly because you have average-ass receivers in Dallas. But the problem for the Dallas Cowboys is not Dak Prescott. It's their defense. The defense is what ails the Dallas Cowboys. I think that Dak's problem specifically is that he looks like a guy who could do more. He looks like a guy that's got a cannon of an arm, knows what defenses are trying to do. 
And so he's done all these great things. Like, I believe he's been a 5,000-yard guy, hasn't he? Like, I think he had that one year where if he wasn't 5,000 yards, he was pretty damn close. Like, he's done some great things in the league. So I think the problem for Dak is not that he sucks or he's some bad quarterback or he's the reason they're losing. The problem is, is that I know that Dak has the ability to take a team to the Super Bowl. I know that's within him. The problem is, is his receivers are turning the football over on him. So it's like, okay, yeah, he's got 11 interceptions, I think, since the injury or whatever. 17 and 11. Yeah, like, so he's throwing interceptions, but how many of those are on him and how many of those are on the team? And the problem is, you compound that with the defense, and now you're losing to what everyone wants to tell me is some amazing team in Jacksonville when they're just having a hot streak. Right? Like, so it's a bad look to lose the Jacksonville. Well, he's That's thrown, the problem. Listen, he's thrown two interceptions three of the last four weeks. Yeah. That's a problem. And Jarrah said it on Tuesday. He said, Dak Prescott throwing interceptions is killing this team. Look, Dick, I don't know how to break this to you. You having an overrated defense is killing this team. <coughs> hey, by the way, Jarrah, you're killing this team. Yeah. Like, Agreed. there are so many issues that that prevent the Dallas Cowboys from winning games. I don't believe Mike McCarthy's an issue. I don't. And for once, it was nice yesterday for people to say, Mike McCarthy put Dak Prescott in the right position. The wide receiver didn't make the play. Doesn't make you feel responsible. Now, is that Mike McCarthy's fault? Sure, that was one of the least fundamental routes you're ever going to see a wide receiver run yeah. with the game on the line. Yeah. But I also think when you when you look at the Jacksonville loss and you get into some of the numbers in that game, the fact that you have a guy in Ezekiel Elliott that's making $15 million per and he gets 16 carries for 58 yards? Fat. The fact that that you look at CeeDee Lamb, who routinely drops passes, yesterday he was right on top, seven for seven, didn't drop a single pass. But that's becoming the, that's becoming the exception. Yeah. Do you guys know who Noah Brown is? <laughs> well, yesterday he was the second leading receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. And he was fine right up until he made a stupid play that wound up being a pick six in overtime to lose the game. Yeah. That's the problem. This team, this team just has so many flaws that don't involve Dak Prescott. Yeah. And then Dak throwing interceptions, that's a huge problem. But again, I will just ask, why do we not criticize Tom Brady for his interceptions the same way you do Dak Prescott? Yeah, I agree. Why do you not criticize him for the fumbles? Why do you not? I mean, the interceptions that Tom threw were terrible. Like, oh, they were never going to get completed. The, like The interception, the one interception yesterday, if you go back and watch the Tampa highlights, the interception that Tom threw that ball to the right side, I think it was, yeah. was just a horrendous throw. <laughs> like, that was a terrible throw. You could have picked, no, well, you guys don't have Okay. Hands. I could have picked that ball off. Because I'm Damn. skilled. And, you know. Uh, Sean Mirzinski says, Pollard is becoming the clear RB1 in Dallas. The issue is he's a free agent after the season. Well, and the other issue is, is that you're paying freaking Zeke 15 million bucks. Yeah, and Zeke and Dak are buddies. You know, like that's a whole problem. Jeremy Severe says, uh, Joe Burrow is a guy no one talks about. Well, what about the sex machine, Justin Herbert? He hasn't won. Hasn't won. Did they win yesterday? He hasn't been. He hasn't been where did Joe's he win been. Y- did he win yesterday? Yeah. Then stop saying he hasn't won. Guy hasn't been where Joe's been, dude. <laughs> Joe Burrow. They look like a championship team. The Bengals are very good. 
The, the, the Bengals are very, very good. Kyle J says, Jarrah could be uh, paying Zeke that huge number is one of their biggest problems. They're going to cut him after this season. I agree. Giggity says, Jerry's the biggest problem. Uh, Crandall Runningham. Sorry, you know I who- thought you said Crandall Runningham. Do you know who he's Yeah, that's to? a Randall Cunningham Wow, reference. let's go. Come on, guys. Kid turns 29 and all of a sudden he's an NFL almanac. Well, love it. Kyle also says that's why Amari Cooper was so valuable in Dallas. He was a better route runner than anyone currently on their roster. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that the at all. The point is, is the Cowboys are a 10-win football team that should be a Super Bowl contender, and they're not going to be because of Jerry Jones. I agree. Jeremy Bolton, good morning to you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, San Diego State, what the heck is going on with you, bud? Happy the Raiders added another finish yesterday for the ages, dude. I, Mac Jones, how you doing, buddy? How's your face? Like, F me, dude. Like, if you're a New England Patriot fan, first of all, screw you. Second of all, like, <laughs> um, what are you saying at work today about that game? If you're a New England Patriot fan, how are you explaining that to the boys today? Because um, I don't even know what you do with that. Like, you are tied. And he, my honest opinion is, my honest opinion is, they thought that they were trailing in that game. That's the only thing that I can come up with. For the way that New England threw that game away, because there's no other way to explain why on earth Ramondre Stevenson, who had a game yesterday, 19 carries for 172 yards. a boy. And a touchdown. Great game. And one terrible decision to lateral that ball. Hey, Ramondre, <laughs> what was the score on the final play of regulation? Dude. Um, I think he thought um, they were trailing. Because um, when you're tied in your own end of the field with three seconds left, you are not lateraling the football. You're going overtime. They yeah. lateraled the football yeah. all over the place. And finally, um, in, in inexplicable fashion, Jacoby Myers threw a Hail Mary backwards, I think, to... to to Mac. to Mac Jones, he was trying to throw it back to Mac, and the problem was is the that wrong the better, Jones caught it. Yeah, the better Jones, Chandler Jones, oh was God. ready to catch the football and faceplant uh, Mac Jones. I I just don't I what like if you're a Patriot fan, what are you? How do you explain that? Well, you know, it's internal. <laughs> I don't know that. Yeah, hey, it's internal. <laughs> Yeah, respect my privacy. Hey, man, what about your Patriots? Respect my privacy. Yeah, Next you know question. what I mean? Like, come on, bro. Come on, bro. Come on. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, Jeremy says, uh, Dante Culpepper for the Vikings and Randy Moss. Oh, yeah. Dante got exposed, though. Dante got yeah, exposed. Yeah, but he had though. some moments, though. Come on. As a Viking, he certainly did. There's no doubt. The Monty Show presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, Utah's best injury attorneys, by the way, for all of our listeners in Arizona. The Advocates have their office open in Phoenix now, so you too have access to the best injury attorneys in the business. Just get to theadvocates.com. There's a little button on their homepage right in the middle that says talk to an attorney now. Click that button. You can chat with an attorney 24-7 online hey at theadvocates.com. And the best part about The Advocates is you do not pay The Advocates unless and until they win your case. There are no retainers. There are no consultation fees. No, no, friends. They put money back in your pocket by helping you defer your medical bills. And again, you don't pay the advocates until they win your case. Hook it up online, theadvocates.com. Please make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Uh, where do we go from here? Um, my, 
my feeling is that, first of all, real quick on BYU, because I want to get to the Pac-12 TV deal. And quarterbacks. Dude. And quarterbacks. Dude. We got to talk about Bo Nix. But uh, I want to talk about Sol J. Mayava Peterson. Sol J. Mayava Peters. Runs all over the place on Saturday at the New Mexico Bowl. Right. That nobody watched. Um, I did not like what I saw. Jake and I were watching that game. And I got to be honest with you, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I don't want a running back playing quarterback. And I feel like that's what this is. <coughs> I mean, I, I, And BYU fans, let's talk about this real quick. Because I think that Cam Rising, Jaron Hall, Bo Nix... Like, all of these quarterback decisions that are coming down are really important decisions. Right. And I feel like this one in particular is a big deal. Because, and again, I'm not trying to be too critical. It's a kid's first ever run at BYU. Did you really like what you saw out of Sol J? I mean, I like the athleticism. But I think that when we're talking about winning football games, no. I didn't like what I saw. I mean, I, I think that... This goes both ways. So on one hand, it's his first run. It's his first game, right? Like first game in BYU land. You know the kid's gonna have jitters. BYU you land. know that, yeah, Provo BYU land at the New Mexico Bowl that nobody gives a damn about. This was basically a scrimmage for Kalani and company. Um, By the way, real quick, yeah, I feel dumb. Why? Did you guys know that New Mexico is higher in elevation than Salt Lake City? <coughs> I had no idea. I'm stupid. Because nobody does anything in New Mexico unless you're BYU and you go and play football there, apparently. Nobody. Anyway, the point is, is on one hand, I feel like, hey, it's the kid's first game. He Instinctually, he's going to run because that's in his game. And could you develop this guy into what Jaron Hall was on some level? Because I don't Stop like doing... It. I don't like doing the... The, hey, this kid's going to be the next Jaron Hall because I don't think he's even in the same conversation. But at some point for BYU, you have to decide what kind of skill set you want your quarterback to have. Because I'm here to tell you, I'd much rather have the Zach Wilson skill set than the Jaron Hall skill set, if I'm being honest. I'd much rather have a guy who's got a cannon of an arm, who wants to push the ball down the field from the pocket, Right? And stays healthy and stays consistent. I would much rather have that skill set than run first and then develop the throwing game and let's see how, how far you can take us down the field. And I I look at Soljay and I say, run first, going to have to develop the passing touch, like going to have to develop reading defenses very clearly. Like there's a lot of work that needs to be done on this kid. And that's why I'm kind of with you. I don't think that this kid is the second coming yeah. of Jaron Hall, dude. I I have a lot of reservations about the way he throws the ball. Mechanically, it is not good, um, which leads to all those floating footballs and accuracy issues we saw. Like, this is not it. This is not it. And again, I'm just going to ask the same question I asked last Please. week. Where the hell is Cade Finnegan? And why is this kid not Wait, getting did you a shot? Wait, did you say Cade Finnegan or Jacob Conover? Well, it's not dissimilar. And again... I've been around supporter of A-Rods. I, I believe in the guy. I think he is far from an issue at BYU. But I'm starting to wonder why we're not seeing some of these other traditional pocket-passing quarterbacks. <laughs> is there an obsession with, with these 
you know, RPO quarterbacks at BYU. I don't know. But I don't even think they did a lot of RPOing with Jaron. Like, sometimes, but it wasn't like you were an RPO oh, certainly. offense. Our, our, like, certainly, they run a lot of run pass. They run a lot of, hey, hold that ball out there, tuck it, or give it to them. Like, they run a lot of RPO at BYU. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But my mm-hmm. question is... Why then does that exclude a Jacob Conover from really getting any significant opportunity? Why are we not seeing Cade Finnegan at least get an opportunity to show what he can do? I don't understand that at all. And listen, I understand that Sol J is what everybody loves. Chick dig, Chicks dig the running quarterback. I totally get that. I need a quarterback who can throw the football to win games. Yeah. He's not that guy. And hey, he's a, a young kid. He's just getting his feet wet. Okay, cool. You can develop that, but it's time to play big boy football. There's the, it, Daddy ball's over with wow. at BYU. Yeah. We're going into the Big 12 in Provo. You might want to have somebody that can throw the football. And, and this kid cannot do that. And I'm telling you now, I don't, I don't mean to overstate this. This is a huge moment in time for Kalani Sataki. You better recognize that this is a huge moment in time for Kalani. Keep you it can, real. Dude, you can't have a four-win season next year. And one of the things we were talking about snowboarding yesterday, was this season disappointing for BYU? Mm. Eight and five, you won mm. your bowl game. This was a hell of a disappointing season for BYU. So your answer to that is to run Soljay full-time and not give any other quarterback a look in the bowl game. That is meaningless, meant nothing. <coughs> you didn't give anybody else a look. It, it, and I am not a guy who has questioned Kalani Sataki much. Yeah. Until now. Because this doesn't make a lot of sense. And I have a lot of concern about the fact that you don't have a starting quarterback for next year. You just went through a bowl game where you gave a kid who cannot stand in the pocket and deliver the football the entire game to prove to us that he cannot stand in the pocket and deliver the football. Yeah. So I'm starting to wonder, what are we doing with BYU offense? Because I have no idea what we're doing on defense because it looked a lot better. I got to be honest with you against SMU. The way they used Ben Bywater, I thought was much better. But now I'm looking at the offensive side of the ball and I'm asking myself, you are BYU. You are quarterback you. And this is your quarterback? Um, And he's your only quarterback. Apparently. I think if you're a BYU fan, you better be tithing extra to make sure that Jaron Hall comes back. Because I don't know what you're going to do. If Jared Hall doesn't come back, because again, I don't know what happened to, to Jacob Conover because the kid won't come on the show. And won't I, come on the show. He won't talk about it with anybody. He he isn't talking about BYU. At all. In any capacity. And I have no idea why Cade Finnegan didn't get any throws, didn't get any reps, didn't get any opportunity in the bowl game. The only can't understand. And again, it. just surmising, again, I see what I see on TV, right? We talk about it. I don't have someone telling me this. But it puts me in a position where I have to surmise, hey, A-Rod likes the RPO. A-Rod likes the kid that can run his ass off instead of the kid that can push it down the field. And I got news for you. You now have a legitimate path to the college football playoff. Right? Can we all get comfortable saying that? You're in the Big 12. You have a path. The problem is, is I don't feel like BYU is embracing that right now. I don't feel like... You're sitting there as that coaching staff saying, hey, with all due respect to Buddy, we need to get a guy who can push it down the field, a guy who can be a yeah. prolific passer. We need that guy. And, I, and I'm, tired of, I'm tired of hearing this right here, that, oh, the commentators are saying that Cade being, I don't, 
how many guys are we going to have injured? Cool. So so he was injured the so, whole game. That's why he was fully dressed and standing there. Uh, if Kate, uh, come on. I don't know any other way to express this than say that it's disappointing. It's not that this season was a failure. Eight and five on paper, cool, you won your bowl game. This was a disappointing season. This was a disappointing performance. I'm tired of talking about injuries at BYU. But again, Boyd, Boyd Lake, next comment, Boyd Lake. Cade was not 100%. Who cares? Why, why? Dude, it, so you can't have it both ways then if you're BYU. So you're going to play Soul J the whole game, right? And you're you're going to do that. And Cade's going to sit there on the sideline or, forgive me, stand there on the sideline in his nice uniform and pads, helmet on his head, and not play. If he wasn't available, don't dress him. And I'm telling you now, this Mr. Nice Guy BS that we, we, we continue to hear from BYU fans, oh, he was injured. Oh, man, you know, he had a little bit of a temperature. Yeah, next question. I don't care. I, I it's t- it, it. We're not playing daddy ball anymore. What when you but this, what, when this you is, say that? What do you mean? The bottom line is, you've got to be better than you've been. Mm-hmm. This nice guy stuff where dudes just hang around and ah, oh, Soul J and the, this was embarrassing. At, at this is quarterback university. BYU has a reputation and a track record. So we're going from Zach Wilson to Jaron Hall to Soul J. You know. That's what you're offering me. The kid can't throw the football in a college football game right now. Think about what Jaron Hall was when he first took the job. It's it, it listen, man, it's it's time to get serious. And I see stuff like this and I love Kalani, but you you if you are not questioning his ability to lead this program forward, I don't know I don't know what you're looking at. Because I'm seeing things that are just red flags everywhere. I don't care that they won the game. I don't care. It's the New New Mexico Bowl. I would have rather had you play a scrimmage. Yeah. I don't care about the bowl game. I care that the kid can't throw the football. That your your best option, oh, Cade was hurt. Okay, so your best option at quarterback you is a kid who can't throw the football. Yeah. That's what you're telling me. And you're all excited about Drew Pine. (laughs) You're excited I don't understand this about BYU fans. Dude. I, I, at some point, you've got to get out of this thing where, oh, man, Drew Pine went to Notre Dame. He's our starting quarterback. That's not good enough. Drew Pine's not good enough. Drew Pine's not good enough. Higher bar. Higher bar. And this Soul J stuff and everybody being excited about Soul J and the game stories being excited about Soul J. If you're excited about Soul J, you're not hoping to win. If you're excited about the kid, you're not hoping to win because he's not ready to be a number one quarterback in in the Big 12. He's not ready. He should not, at this stage of his ability, he should not be an active quarterback on your roster. And I'm not being over the top. I'm not being spectacular or hot take guy. Sol J should not be an active quarterback on the roster at BYU. It can't be Zach, Jaron, Soljay. Or you should just pack your shit and get out because you're not going to win a game. Pack if your shit. Should, let's go. Dude, if he's your starting quarterback next year, you're not winning a conference game. Come on, let's game. go, Schlepprock. You're not winning a conference game. And I'm tired of watching a guy like Jacob Conover now. I swear to 
all things unholy, if that kid goes to ASU and is the end of the world at ASU, That's I'm gonna what dude, takes me to fuck off. I'm gonna talk about that every single week. Because I'm telling you that Jacob Conover is talented, he is capable, and he should be the starting quarterback. Should have been the starting quarterback Saturday and should be the starting quarterback next year. But my guess is, my guess is Jaron Hall is going to is going to come back. Because we'd have heard that he wasn't already in this foot injury that has him limping off the plane. And I'm tired of mediocrity. I'm tired of it. I, I'm I, honest to goodness. Yeah. If you are a BYU fan, have you not noticed that Utah is going to the Rose Bowl two straight years? They're back-to-back Pac-12 champions. And what are you doing? Starting Sol J, and you're jumping up and down about him running. I would be jumping up and down about him running to say bro, he can't pass. Bro, okay, this might be the perfect example. Kurt Meyer's comment, second from the bottom. Who cares? Who cares? It's Eight and the five. New Mexico Bowl, bro. Who cares? I, I, this like, is what I can't understand about BYU fans. And Kurt, I love you, dude. I appreciate I appreciate you. With all due respect. But if you're happy with this, you're you're part of the problem at BYU. If eight and five and we won the New Mexico Bowl, who cares? You know what you didn't do? You didn't compete for a playoff spot. You know what you didn't do? You didn't beat Oregon and you didn't beat Notre Dame and you didn't beat Arkansas and you got embarrassed in those losses. <coughs> you didn't stay healthy. Did you forget the East Carolina game? Did you forget that again, Chaz Ayu was hurt and Gunner was hurt and... Like, how many guys did miss time? You didn't have a defensive scheme. Oh, but we're 8-5. and five. Monty, BYU's 8-5, and five, brother. Who cares? Who do, do we really have to relive the greatness of BYU? And again, I don't mean to be so... It, it, I'm, I'm over it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I'm so fired up about this is the expectations. We did a show last week. Are the expectations at BYU too low? Yes, they are. Yeah. We're not playing for extra freaking slices of oranges at halftime. <laughs> That's not what BYU football's about. I can tell well, you. Apparently it is. I can tell you Utah football's about winning a national championship. What are you about at BYU? What are you about at BYU? Because it um, ain't winning national championships at eight and five. I don't know how to break it to you. Eight and five is disappointing. Look at the schedule. The loss to Oregon was humiliating. It was humiliating. Yeah. Do you not get that? The losses to Notre Dame, Arkansas, you lost to Liberty 41 to 14. Don't tell me you're eight and five, yeah, man. Dude. You're yeah. eight and five because you got blown out at Liberty, who then used you, their coach used you to go get a bigger job. Um, Don't tell me that you're okay. Oh, man, we're 8-5. and five. We yeah. won the New Mexico Bowl. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Because I'm telling you now, that loss to East Carolina should have been the watershed moment. Only Liberty, only Arkansas, only Notre Dame, only Oregon. Those should have been watershed moments. You know the moment that should piss you off? The fact that Utah State took you to the fourth quarter. The fact that Utah Tech took you to the second half. Don't tell me you're eight and five. You got a quarterback in Sol J who can't throw the ball. And you're like, woohoo! <laughs> Are you serious right now? Hey, cool, bro, that you have great uniforms and the best uniforms, arguably, in college football. You're eight and five. 
Here, let's recap your eight wins, bro. South Florida, SMU, uh, Baylor's a good win, Wyoming, Utah State, and then, oh, wait, I got to go way down the schedule to find Boise, Utah Tech, and Stanford. Yeah. Tell me you're eight and five, brother. Who cares? I'm so tired of mediocrity being the high bar. Mediocrity is not the high bar, man. It's not the high bar. That should be like, this should be really, you should all be really upset. You should all be considering holding your contributions to the program until they show you that they're worthy of your money. What better fucking execution? Five, my ass. And by the way, I should remind you that you're currently getting boat raced in recruiting by, by Utah. You're getting crushed in recruiting. Yeah. You're getting crushed on the field. You're getting embarrassed on the field. My fucking ass. Good Lord. Like, I, I, guy, what is going to happen in the Big 12? <laughs> you better good. wake up. Nothing good. I can tell you that. Nothing good. My God. Nothing good. Like, How many days in a row do we have to do this? Finals. Many, like, how many days in a row are we going to sit here and talk about, oh, eight and five. Woo-hoo. I said it last night. We were driving home for dinner, and I said, eight and five is not a good record for this team. No. No. Nope. And what do we have? We have three, four people. Oh, eight and five is fantastic, man. We won the bowl game. All right, cool. Uh, no, not cool. I'm not here to win the New Mexico. <laughs> Did you even watch the New Mexico Bowl? <clears throat> I, 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 anyway. All right, I've had my say. Now, you guys, go ahead. Yeah, let's go. Uh, Greg Romano said, A-Rod failed to develop quarterbacks this year uh, because he wanted to pad Jaron Hall's stats. Next comment. No idea. Next comment. Uh, Jeremy Bolton, I'm way disappointed we didn't get to see Cade see some action. That should be, like, quarterback be development. Yeah, and you know what the issue is? Again, it's the excuses. Yeah. They, and you got to grasp this in life and in football. You can make excuses or you can win games. You can make excuses or you can be productive at work. You can make excuses or you can be a good husband. Facts. You can make excuses. Oh, he was hurt. He's dinged up. His uh, groinal region has a rash. Or you can go out and win football games. Bro, what happened to, oh, we have all these sports scientists and we're ready for, uh, what was it, SFU or whatever. We're ready for this game. The humidity is not going to bother us. We've got sports scientists for days only to see the injury report be like a mile long the whole season. Like, it's that type of thing. Like, at some point, like, you have to move on from all our guys are hurt or we don't have a guy who can throw the ball or, or Max Tooley. You really Tooley. couldn't get, you really couldn't get, I, and I was just going to say, you really couldn't get Max Tooley back on the field consistently in the second half of the season. You're telling me you couldn't at any point get Gunnar Romney back on the field. You're telling me at, at, at any point you couldn't get Puka to be on the field consistently and be Where the guy that, a -A that right you now. desperately need. You're telling me you couldn't keep Cody Epps healthy. You're telling me you couldn't keep like Gabe Summers healthy. You're telling me you couldn't find a pass rush. You think Jaron Hall was Jeez. hurt a lot? What do you think is going to happen to Soljay in the Big 12? Man. Jeremy Bolton says, clearly they didn't trust Soljay because I don't think he threw it once in the second half. But then Cade's not going to play? Well, he's hurt, Jake. It's ridiculous. I think that's HIPAA. Pipe Piper says, Monty, what delusional fans are you talking about to that think Soljay is the future starter? Oh, dude, go back and search it on Twitter. Yeah. 
The people raving about him running. The absolute slurp fest on Soul J was ridiculous, dude. Yeah. Uh, Mike Chase says, I'm a BYU fan, and I was disappointed we did not run a single pass play in the second half. How is that okay? How does that ever happen? Jordan Royal says, yeah, Soul J didn't look great throwing the ball. That interception he threw looked so slow in the air. Yeah, exactly. Did that pass not look like it, they had slowed the tape down? his mechanics are garbage, so he can't throw the ball effectively. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, way different throw uh, power than Zach Wilson, Jaron, or even Baylor Romney. Baylor Romney's another one who just walked away instead of continuing to play at BYU. Have you guys noticed that? The, the walk away in silence. H- have you noticed that? Like Baylor Romney, who I've texted a thousand times, will not come on the show and talk about BYU. Mm. Jacob Conover, who I've texted a thousand times, will not come on the show and talk about BYU. Mm. Dallin Holker, ah, screw him, he went to Colorado State. Um, he went to Colorado, I still can't get over that. You went to Colorado but, but State. But it doesn't matter where he went. Ultimately, he left because I don't know why, because he won't talk about it. The guys that are walking away from this team and unwilling to talk about it. That's the thing that should concern you. It, it really should. Greg Romano says, six and six next year should be BYU's floor, but I see a lot of BYU fans saying they'll be lucky to be bowl eligible. I think they will be lucky to be bowl eligible. They'll, and be, I say lu- that. Dude, they'll be lucky to win four games. Let's get really clear on what this first year is going to be. Six wins isn't the bar, right? Like the bar is, is 10 wins. That's the bar. Like as a football team, as a, I don't care like where you're playing football, who you're playing against, you're playing to win the game, right? We all agree on that. So, so whether Soljay's starting or 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 whoever's starting, Jaron's starting, whatever it is, ultimately it's all excuses, right? Like you're on the field in the Big Twelve. Are you good enough to beat Baylor, TCU, K State, Kansas, all these teams? You've got Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma and Texas, like. So I, I don't want to hear, with all due respect, Greg, because it's not really about you, but like this this whole thought, this narrative of, well, 500 is the, that's the bar. No, the bar is 10 wins and winning every the conference. Year. The bar should be 10 wins every year. Now, expectations, expectations, what I think will happen, they're going to be a four-win team, and they're going to look really bad doing it. They're not going to be able to run the football, and they're not going to do anything until they move on from Jaron Hall and they get the next four years oh started. God. Maples, that's so right. The, the the old coach at Colorado. Jesus. This is Division One football. God. It ain't intramurals. I love that guy. Oh, my God. You got to try and get that. It ain't intramurals, brother. So good. So good. Dan Hawkins. Dan Hawkins. It ain't intramurals. Oh, my God. Yeah. It ain't intramurals. And the way he says it, it ain't intramurals. Oh, man, that's so but good. But you see what I mean? Like, this is the issue. This is why Kyle, or, uh, uh, Kyle Whittingham has been so much more successful so far. Well, and I also think that this goes into this NIL story that we we uh, were talking about on Friday, um, that there's going to be a new collective, um, the Royal Collective. Um, sources close to the BYU program told us on Friday, I believe it was, that there will be a new collective. It'll be $2.4 million roughly. And and by the way, I got a bunch of information back on that over the weekend. Um, that's the minimum. That's the minimum war chest at, at this Royal Collective. 
um, that is supposedly going to be announced this week. And they are going to pay each football player $30,000 to just be on the team. So it's going to be interesting to see the details of it because it's supposedly in partnership with BYU, which is really where you get into some complications because technically, by the letter of the law, you're not supposed to do that. So it'll be interesting to see how this Royal Collective will be set up. I, it, it, you can't tell me this is going to be BYU partnered. No. It can't be that way. No, I think behind the scenes... It's BYU that partner. would be my Publicly, guess. Publicly, it's not. That would be my guess. Because yeah. BYU also now has gotten lapped in NIL. And it's something I think you really need to keep a, keep a close eye on. But this goes all the way back to the conversation we've been having for probably two months on the show. We had it last week, early last week, I think like Monday, Tuesday, where we're talking about how the business machine at BYU also is very average, like probably yeah. below average right now. And like, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, football has a bunch of issues but when you start hearing things like, hey, there's a new NIL, the Royal Collective, and it's going to be this and that and otherwise, and BYU is going to be partnered with them, but it remains to be seen if that's public or private or how it's all going to be delineated. Like, there are things happening at BYU, but I don't think, I'm happy to say that I don't think Kalani Sataki understands the message he's sending by running Soljay out there the whole game. Like, I don't think you, you like, are you trying to say that, that it was the New Mexico Bowl and... This really just this game was with no consequence. We didn't really care. If Cade Finnegan was at the point where he was hurt and could not play, I'm just over the injury thing. I'm so over it. I'm tired of it. You're telling me the kid hasn't played. Cade Finnegan hasn't been in a game and he's hurt. How? What did he get hurt taking a crap? Like what happened? Like it's amazing to me that you can't get out of bed at BYU football without getting hurt. I don't, under, I don't understand it. Yeah. And, yeah, I know we fired the entire strength and conditioning staff. Like, I'm, I'm just so tired. I don't know. I don't mean to belabor the point. Our college football talk on the Monte Show presented by Barbecue Pit Stop. BBQPitStop.com. Make sure you find any other five Utah locations in Layton. Logan, uh, Lehigh, St. Jeezy. St. Jeezy. St. George, and of course, our good friends in Murray, right there on State Street. That's the store we usually shop at in Murray. Um, but listen, they are your gift-giving headquarters here for uh, Christmas. They're just good dudes. All of them are individually owned and operated. They're franchises. They're entrepreneurs, and they give just great service. If you haven't been to the Logan store, I mean, the Lehigh store is great. The Layton store is spectacular with their meat counter. Um, all of the stores, all of our listeners in, in St. George, I think you guys know how good the barbecue pit stop in St. George is like just a really good group of dudes to do business with. And I love that you can chat with them on their website. By the way, you can buy online. They have an online store that you can shop at, at bbqpitstop.com. Chat with them online, ask them your questions, ask, they have these great seasoning sets for stocking stuffers. Make sure uh, that you take advantage of that for dad. Get into their stores. And I'd encourage you to go into the store. Um, no matter where you are, again, Logan, Leighton, Lehigh, St. George, or Murray, just take five minutes and go into the store. And really, it's going to be 20 or 30 minutes because there's yeah. just so much to look at. Yeah. But you already know, listen, if you're looking for a Traeger, don't buy it at a big box store like a Costco or a Home Depot. 
Go to Barbecue Pit Stop. They're going to teach you how to use it. They're going to teach you how to make a brisket, how to make brats, how to make wings, how to make veggie skewers like we do for Mrs. Monty, how to cook that Papa Murphy's pizza to perfection on that Traeger Ironwood 885, the Timberline series. Hey, and if you want Big Green Egg, if you want Yoder, if you want Camp Chef, they've got all that too. They've got your pellets. They've got your seasonings, your rubs. I'm telling you, barbecue pit stops where it at. In fact, get online right now and chat with them. Say, hey, Monty told me I need to buy a gift from you. I need to give my dad a stocking stuffer of asado seasoning. Tell him that. Monty said to give you guys, to, to come here and get my seasoning for stocking stuffers. If you want stocking stuffers for your, 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 your guys, absolutely get it at barbecue pit stop. Uh, let's see. Tanner Plummer says, it's crazy to see how these BYU players retire from football altogether. This season broke a lot of people in the BYU football program. It did. And thank you for saying program. Yeah, thank you. It Details did. matter. Greg Hale says World Cup. No. Nope. <laughs> what do you mean, no? Nope. We got real football to talk about. No. Uh, Luis Capazzo says, hate to admit it, I've never been there. Need to make a trip. Oh, you do. Luis, come on. You do. Come on. You do. Get it done. Uh, Clayton just dropped a smoked prime rib video. Absolute fire. Yes, indeed. Yes. I'm, the cool thing is, what Lopes Fan Game is talking about, is they make these videos on how to make prime rib on a smoker. How to make turkey breast on a smoker. Like it's, Are people myring? It's fantastic. Uh, Tanner says, BYU has now fallen behind the NIL game. Yeah, they have. Absolutely. Yeah. They have. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe says, hit the like button, you casual. Yeah, let's go. We got to pick it up a little bit. We've yeah. had 1,000 views today and only 54 likes. Come on. Let's um, get it going here. Yeah, let's go. Because you guys, this like button thing. And again, if we get to 9,000 subs by the end, we're at, oh my goodness, 8698. Come on, get us to 8,700. Come let's on, go. two more subs let's go. to get us to, to 8,700. Hit the sub button. Come on. If we get to 9,000 by the end of the month, we will take you plus one to the Jazz game against the Cavs uh, to see Donnie and the boys come back to town. Yep. Will Donovan Mitchell get booed? I think he's going to get booed. Yeah. And they'll play a video for him, and I think he will get booed. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I think he will get booed. Booed, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but we got to get to 9,000, and we've been on this meteoric climb because we've been getting 200 likes a show, which really pushes us into the YouTube algorithm. We really appreciate that. Please continue to give us your uh, likes. Um, and if you're not subscribed, please consider giving us a subscribe. It really does, obviously, help the channel grow. Uh, we're averaging about 50 new subscribers a day, yeah, which is just crazy numbers. But it's because you guys like the show, and we really appreciate that. I want to I want to get to Little Jizzy's comment real quick. Too above where you are right now. Uh, let's see, Little Jizzy, what happened to your praise of BYU and NIL and Coog Connect? Coog Connect is fantastic. Yeah, Coog Connect. If you guys don't know, go to CoogConnect.com. Um, I mean, they are they are Jake Brandon, the guy that runs Coog Connect with his his partners. They are a small group of guys that are at the local level that, hey, like Harris LaChance, Harris LaChance is only on the show every week or was during the football season because of Coog Connect. Like, for instance. When you see a BYU athlete on this show, it's because Coog Connect helps us facilitate that. Judy Lolly. Gabe Judy Lolly, Max Tooley. When you see those guys on the show, it's because Coog Connect stepped in and helped us do that. And what they do is you subscribe to Coog Connect for $10 a month and that money goes right to the players. They launch t-shirts. They launch like these reversible practice basketball jerseys. Like they have all these great initiatives they do. The issue is not Coog Connect. At BYU, the issue is that 
there has been dysfunction in the administration department at BYU. Frankly, in the athletic administration, not, not like, hey, football department, basketball department, like the money guys at BYU with, and they've had made, they've had built bar deals that have paid scholarships and, but how much of that money is really getting back to the player? Yeah. That's the issue. But you look at a guy like Jaron Hall, and he's a great example. Jaron Hall made, by some accounts, $135,000 in NIL money this year because he's the starting quarterback at BYU. It's a lot of bread. What, what BYU is not doing and why they're losing in NIL to what Utah, from what I'm being told, is doing is they are making offers to players through the portal. They're saying, hey, come here. We'll pay you $30,000 a year to come be a, a, you know, a, an offensive lineman to be a defensive back. Hey, Clark Phillips, we're going to hook you up with an America First Credit Union deal. We're going to facilitate that. Yeah, That's what you're not getting at BYU. That's the problem. And you need to get that on a more regular basis. And it's why when you see guys like Drew Pine or you know these other quarterbacks that have come to BYU for visits, yeah. that's encouraging. But do they have the ammo to close them? Right now, I don't think they do. Yeah, And it'll be interesting to see what happens with this Royal Collective because I think it's a huge moment in time. I would massively support that. And, you know, furthermore, on Coog Connect, it's interesting. And we should probably get Jake on the show to talk about this, but I hope collectives like Coog Connect don't go anywhere because that's a really big grind. It is a grind but the guys at Coog Connect have relationships with so many athletes at BYU. Yeah. They help them get t-shirt deals. They help them facilitate food deals. They help them do all of this stuff. And it's not millions of dollars, but it's growing and growing and growing. So when you go to Coog Connect and you subscribe, that money goes right back to the players, basketball and football. That's what the beauty of NIL is. And a guy like Jake Brandon and his, his peeps at Coog Connect, they have to grind and work really hard so it's imperative that you go and subscribe to Coot Connect. Yeah. That's really, it's 10 bucks a month and it goes right back to BYU athletes. Instead of, hey, well, we're going to run this deal through the ad, a, a administration department. We're going to become a corporate sponsor. The issue becomes when, hey, we're going to become a corporate sponsor, but we're going to pay for kids a scholarship too. Or how much of that money goes back to the player? Yeah. That's the biggest issue. The NIL should be about getting money back to the players. And I just don't know that the dysfunction ever goes away. That's the, that's the biggest deal at BYU. I yeah. really don't know. I don't know how much of that money ever get, gets back to the player. Yeah, and that's what matters. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Um, by the way, this has been a story that's brewing. Epic Games has agreed to pay $520 million over charges that it illegally collected children's data and duped users into unwanted purchases. <coughs> the gaming company, <coughs> Epic Games. Right. So if, you're, if your kids subscribe, I would take a look at that, by the way. Uh, Christmas Spirit Gabriel says, good morning, guys. What's up? Um, Jordan Brown says, this guy is correct. What guy is correct? Maybe Pi Charles? Pied Piper says, there's been dysfunction at BYU since the 1800s. This is Here true. Here we go. This is true. Here we go. Luis Capazzo says, he deserves some because he's sandbagged so bad. What am I missing? Bro, what, are, what are we? Uh... Um, Riley O'Brien says thumbs up. Uh, thumbs up, hit. Let's go. Thank you. Appreciate that. 
Lopes Van Gabe says, happy for Messi and Mbappe will be one of the best world uh, has ever seen by the time he hangs it up. Yeah, Mbappe's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, one note on world football. Here on the Monty Show, <laughs> uh, I would encourage you to understand that if you're not a star in the Premier League, you're stealing money. Mbappe needs to come to the Premier League. One of the reasons Messi has struggled to surpass Ronaldo is Messi's never played in the Premier League. He played in Spain, and now he's playing in France, and it's like, okay, cool, bro. That's kind of good, I guess, but not really. Uh, before football at 50, Charles M. says, the problem all across college football is all the people with extra years of eligibility due to COVID. The 21, 22, and 23s are all buried in the roster if they're lucky to make a team. Well, that could be. That could be. But you're either good or you're not. Yeah. You're either good enough notice, to start or you're notice not. Notice the guys who are good enough to be on the field are on the field. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would absolutely agree with that. All right, 10 of the hour, every hour. I'm the Monty Show. We're bringing you Football at 50, presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. PapaMurphysPizza.com. I would tell you, download the Papa Murphy's app. Put it on your phone. Super easy to order. Order at 6 a.m. for a 5 p.m. pickup. You can absolutely do that. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. What are you feeling pizza-wise today? I mean, I would be that same old, like double barbecue sauce, you know, maybe some chicken. I was Ooh. actually, I was actually, you know, grubbing on the thought of maybe some pizza, maybe some wings. Like you got to, but, but with pizza, it's very straightforward. I mean, you know, pineapple, mushroom, onion mix, and then you want to throw some chicken on there, go ahead. Pineapple, mushroom, onion sounds so good with barbecue sauce. Yes. And you get cheese and then green onion that's been in. The green onion on top of the pizza, bro. Yeah. I'm telling you. Uh, boy, where do we go in the NFL? Who? I think I want to go back to Dak and the Cowboys. Because <laughs> I think this is a real debate. Why do you hate Dak Prescott? Who hurt you? I don't hate Who hurt guy. you? The guy should be better, though. You've got talent, dude. Like, I get it. That second interception in the game wasn't on him. I'm with it. I agree. And so what but... happened is we're driving to dinner last night. Jake had clearly not seen the interception. Here we go. Snowboarding in the morning, hot tub after snowboarding, going to dinner. We're driving up to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in Park City at the Park City Hotel. And Jake's like, oh, this son of a beanotch. Yeah. He sucks. Dak throw another pick six in overtime. He sucks. Yeah. I'm like, well. That's right. And he's like, what do you think? I'm like, well, I haven't seen the interception. I don't know. Have you seen it? Yeah, and he sucks. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, what happened? He threw an interception. It was a pick. I said, have you seen it? So he then pulls it up. Oh, it's not Dak's fault. Dak's innocent. He so, doesn't suck. So then Jake's like, well, he threw it outside. It hit the guy's arm. And I'm like, so it's not his fault. Yeah, it is. It doesn't matter. He's he's not good. And then you get on a TV. You're missing the last word. So, he's not good enough. I didn't so, say he wasn't so we're, good. So we, you turn on a TV and you see that Dak made a perfect throw. And Jamoke wide receiver tries to body okay. catch it. Instead of hands catch it, it hits him Dude, in the when forearm. when did you become a, a Zach Slurpologist? Like, come on. Look, I, like, I, I am not slurping Dak, first of all. But this is not Dak's fault. And... You know what? I, I'm a call it like I see it guy. When it's Dak's fault, I'm happy to step up and say, go break your leg again, kid. But it's not time for him to break his leg again. 
too much, probably. Um, my point is, it's not Dak's fault in Dallas. I think that the, the truth about the Dallas Cowboys is their defense is overrated. Their defense is not performing, and Micah Parsons is more concerned about the Eagles and your mom than he is about winning football games against Jacksonville. Now, having said that, Doug Peterson did, has done a wonderful job with Trevor Lawrence, and Jacksonville's a better football team right now. But it's inexcusable for a Super Bowl contender like Dallas to go to Jacksonville and lose this game. It's just unacceptable in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm tired of hearing about how Dallas is a Super Bowl contender. I'm over it. I'm done with it. You're so they're not, not a Super Bowl contender. You're not contender. a Super Bowl contender. You're not a prolific playoff team. You're a prolific regular season team wow. that doesn't win anything. That's what you are. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, Kurt Meyer says, good morning from Inverness, Florida, and Black Olives. Why? Kurt? Why, why bring you, up Black you're, Olives? You're, you're pushing your luck now, bud. Why bring up Black Olives? Uh, Charles M says, like the QB you just complained about playing over Cade Finnegan. Well, yeah, the difference is, is that Dak is a 5,000 yard passer and Sol J hasn't even thrown the ball down the field. Get the hell out of here with that. <laughs> wow. Hell out of here with that. Uh, Tanner says, vibing, love the football at 50 Jesus. music. Okay. Uh, Mr. Johnny says, Zach Wilson's last drive is symbolic of his entire NFL career. A couple of good plays in between some awful plays and ultimately coming up short in the end. Zachy Poo got the ball back for the Jets list yesterday and made some really good plays. But he's the reason they lost that game. Yeah. Yep. Zach Wilson had them in position multiple times to win by two touchdowns and couldn't execute. And he is, I understand, he's running for his life. I get it. He gets hit a lot. Welcome yeah. to the National Football League. He's got to be better, period. Running for his life is a problem, but that's not the core issue. The core issue is he doesn't understand the defense and doesn't understand what they're trying to do to him. I, what I'm telling you also is he needs a quarterback coach that will get in his booty and fix his footwork, fix his – his feet and his arms are in two totally different hemispheres on a lot of throws. Yeah. And if you're not going to have leg-shoulder separation throwing the football, you're not going to succeed. He is. He has got to get back to John Beck and Tom House in the offseason, period. Because his mechanics are jacked right now. Yeah. Absolutely jacked right now. S.L. Harrison says, throw hot honey on it too, boys. Hey. Do you throw hot honey on pizza? I've never done it, but it sounds good. Dude, that sounds so good. It is cold this morning, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I, I might have to break the space heater out, dude. I'm cold right now. Sean Mirzinski says, is Deshaun struggling more so on him, or is it that he hasn't played in years? I think Deshaun is looking better Isn't and better every rep. I bet. Well, yeah, I think it is, but I think Deshaun's looking better every rep that he gets. I, I do. You guys think that he has not looked good? I mean, I, I, I think feel people like people hope that he would come out guns blazing, like just torching people. Well, that's not how the NFL works. By the way, they won the game. They beat Baltimore. Three um, points out of Baltimore, bro. I mean, Dak was 18, and, or excuse me, Deshaun was 18 and 28, 161 in a touchdown. He also ran for 22 yards. I, I mean, he right now, and I know we've talked about this over and over with, with Deshaun. He's just going to be an average quarterback, I would think, for the rest of the year. Yeah. I, 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 he's just not had enough reps uh, in game action to be the same top end guy. You're going to see flashes of brilliance and flashes of the old Deshaun. But for the most part, you're going to see a mediocre quarterback that's going to continue to hesitate making quick decisions. Hey, what did Lamar do in that game? 
Nothing. Oh, he's hurt. that's right. That's right. He's a running quarterback like Soljay is. That's Tyler, right. Tyler Huntley was not good in good that Lord. game. Tyler was not good. And by the way, the other thing I would point out is that Roquan Smith is absolutely a stud. Stud. Good Lord, he's good. I'd also mention to you again, my guy Grant Delpit is a stud for for Cleveland. That yeah. kid, kid, that that kid's absolutely a baller. I don't even, my God. Uh, NFL MVP. Is it, and I know this is crazy, is it Chandler Jones after he picked off Bill Belichick yesterday? What What was that play? Dude, no. No, it's not. I don't know that what was nice New England play, was doing. No, it wasn't a nice play. They threw him a little easy Pop Warner pass. And then, by the way, did you guys see that Chandler Jones buried Mac Jones? Yes. Which was the best part of the play in my Insult opinion. to injury. Uh, who is the NFL MVP right now? I think I can make an argument that it's Chaboy, Joe Burrow. Tell me it's not Joe Burrow. No, it's not. It's Jalen. It's Jalen. Jalen Hurts. I, I think, think it MVP, is. Dude. I agree it's Jalen Hurts, but yeah. I think Joe Burrow is making a serious run at NFL MVP. I think it's got to be Jalen. I mean, another win... The thing that concerns you about Philadelphia is they tend to vacation against crappy teams. And listen, nobody loves the beloved more than I do, but the Philadelphia Eagles played down to the Chicago Bears yesterday. Yeah. Jalen, though, 22-37, 2 picks, but he also ran for 61 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, the guy threw for 300 and ran for three scores. You don't see that very often. No, you don't. I, he's the MVP. Like I think, it, like I don't want. I'm not here for hey, he threw interceptions. He's not the MVP. The guy won the game. He is the reason they're winning. And the difference between his interceptions and Dak's interceptions are his aren't getting taken back for pick sixes to win the game. Well, right? he's like, also a guy that's got 22 touchdowns and five interceptions. Yeah. Can you have a quarterback win the MVP that doesn't throw for 30 touchdowns? I don't know. I mean, you look at the only other guy that could be in the conversation is Patrick Mahomes, and he's just so far and away the best quarterback in the NFL. But is Patrick Mahomes more important to the Chiefs than Jalen is to the Eagles? I mean, I think you could make the case that, you know, like uh, Patty Mahomes doesn't have Tyreek Hill anymore. Patty like, Ice, you know, please. like he doesn't have some of these guys. So I think some people would make that case, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. This just feels like Jalen's year. Yeah, I, 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 ooh. I don't know. His defense is really good, too, by the way. Because yeah. you're right. Um, Josh Sweat. I mean, the, the Eagles' defense is, is legit. I mean, yeah. Minted is one of the best defenses in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I would, if I had a vote, I'd give it to Jalen Hurts. I, they're 13 and 1. They're undefeated on the road in the National Football League. And I, I think that says something. But the fact that he's got Dallas, the Saints, and the Giants, by the way. Anybody see Kayvon Thibodeau yesterday for the yeah, Giants? Dude. Jeez yeah, Louise. Dude. My God. He was unbelievable. Uh, football 50, 10 of the hour, every hour. Presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Papa Murphy's presents How to Change the Way You Pizza. Step one, grab a delicious Papa Murphy's Pizza. Step two, bake. Step three, chow down on the deliciousness. Order the limited time Hog Heaven Pizza today at PapaMurphy's.com. Bro. You're I mean, really turning on a space heater. Yes. We, it is It is it's cold, cold this morning here, in West dude. Valley I'm City. Uh, make sure you use the promo code MATI25 when you order those uh, Papa Murphy's pizzas. MATI25 gets you 25% off. 
your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. We're up to $86.99. One more. Uh, in subs, we're almost at $8,700, which is unbelievable. Um, we're at 71 likes. There we go. Making progress. Let's go. Let's go. Hit that like button. A uh, couple NFL comments here for you. Uh, Brent Burnett says it's Patty. No, it's not. No, it's not. It is actually Patty Ice. Thank you. Uh, Christmas uh, Spirit Gabriel says Jalen Hurts has saved me many times on my fantasy football team. He always surpasses his predicted points and has been consistent from day one. This is a Chiefs fan saying this. <coughs> why do we have to bring fantasy into it? <laughs> well, I, you know, the real question is why do you hate fantasy so much? Like it seems like you hate. I fantasy. just it's just not relevant to the MVP conversation. It's not. Jordan Brown says it hurts. Are you okay? Go see a doctor if it hurts. What what hurts? Oh no, my. Oh, you mean Jalen hurts? My yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. Hurts, hurts, see, and hurts. See what I see what I did there. Uh, Alex Chacon says, "Fun fact: Dak has never passed for five thousand yards. What was it? Forty nine hundred? Or now you're gonna make me look it up? It was like forty nine hundred or something stupid. Yeah, like he was close. Are we really gonna? This isn't Jake saying that Minnesota's in the East. Okay, relax." Thanks. You're, you're welcome. Uh, 4,902 in 2019. Come on, When guy. he threw 30 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Come on. 2021, 4,437 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. With a gnarly leg thing two years ago. Crazy. I, 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 I'm Team Dak. I think he has, I think he can do the job. I think there's incredible dysfunction in Dallas. And yeah. I, I just, you've, yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. It is what it is. Christmas says the Patriots will probably uh, will the playoffs because of a boneheaded play. They'll miss the playoffs. I like that. Tanner says, I'm liking what the Lions are doing right now. I like their team. Dude, if you're not rooting for the Detroit Lions. The Dan Campbells. But I'm being serious. If you're yeah. not rooting for the Detroit Lions. Yeah. You're broken. Like, again, who hurt you? Um, they're a game out. They are a game out of the playoffs at seven and seven now. Yes. Like that's ridiculous. It's yes. absolutely ridiculous. Um, on the outside looking it's a great story. Looking dude. at um looking at the uh below the Seahawks. Oh, dude, look at the look at the new LeBrons they rolled out. Look at that. The Grinches. Oh, those are good looking. Not yeah. buying them. Um <laughs> I mean, li listen, if you look at where the the lines are now and you're not rooting for the lines, you're broken. Yeah. I just don't even know how you would say Tampa only because of the division is in the playoffs at six and eight. Yeah. Kind of Tampa weird. with that defense, Tampa is six and eight. <clears throat> what is what like what is the what is the story with Tampa? Yeah, they play in a bad division. By That's the way, the story. By the way, I would like to point out that your prediction about um Kirk Cousins and the Vikings rings true. Although they did come back and beat the Colts. In a crazy finish, 39-36. <laughs> Boy, he makes you nervous, though. Yeah, he but, does. And, and I would also point out that, what was the number on that game? Dalvin Cook, 17 for 95 yards. But did you see that run he had? My God. Dude, yeah. like in overtime, that was, he, yeah. he's, he's amazing. Stud. He is a stud. And I will just say Justin Jefferson's the best receiver in the NFL. Yeah. And if you argue on that, I'm punching you in the face. Good talk. So glad we could be here. Jeremy Moten, how about Taysom with a 68-yard dart bomb. yesterday? Absolute bomb, dude. Jeremy, did you go to the New Mexico Bowl? 
I'm curious. Eric and Rowley, the best trade that Jazz made in the offseason was acquiring Will Hardy and getting rid of Quinn Snyder. Could be. Absolutely could be. Uh, Hurts is so good, Boyd Lake said. Yeah, yeah, like, you know. Hurts so good. Come on, baby, now. Come on, oh baby, Oh, my God, just baby. like that. Oh. Do you know who sings that song? No. Do you know who John Cougar Mellencamp is? No. I'm going to. Nope. I'll lose my mind. Nope. Before my time. No, it wasn't before your time. Yeah, no, it, was. it wasn't. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. I... <coughs> anyway, uh, let's get to 300 likes for this video. We can do it. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, you know. We're at 76 likes, well over 1,000 views, views now. So come on, man. Hit the like button. Uh, Alex Chacon says, the Raiders should have kept losing. We need a quarterback of the future. Carr's got to go. Agreed. What? What? Really? Yeah. So Derek Carr's the problem now. I'm not saying he's the sole problem, but he's he's not dynamic enough. They need they need something different. They just it's time. So he is it an it factor I, I, thing? Yeah, is I it... mean I think that I, I think that it's he's just been there a long time, dude. You know what he is like. You you either have like you you have to blow it up or you have to go deeper into the hole. You got to spend more money because well, I'm always a fan of going deeper into the hole. Yeah, I mean that's always a a, a you know a, a great strategy. You know, oh so my like God, you just know. Like that. Guy, do you understand that this dude, I mean, he th he's 4,804 yards, 23 touchdowns, 14 interceptions with no talent last year. Uh -huh. His best receiver is Darren Waller last year, and he was hurt. Right. Like, he's having a good year. 23 touchdowns again, 11 interceptions. This is the LeBron conversation. You're wasting, buddy. Like, move on You're from wasting, him. wasting, buddy. Yeah. Like, okay. he can play. But not there. Okay. I mean, the guy the guy never misses time. Yeah. I think that Derek Carr is one of the most underappreciated quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he is. Not to mention, it's the Raiders! He's also very proficient <laughs> at crying in the postgame press conference as well. Because he cares. I might add to that resume. He cares. Right. You he cry cares. sometimes. Why is it a bad thing? Yeah, because you say that I shouldn't cry. So there you no, go. No, that's not what I... Oh, my God. You know, that's that's, you know, so... If I hit you in the face with my canteen, will you cry? No, I'll probably be asleep. <laughs> That's true. I never said you shouldn't cry. There's nothing wrong. With oh, dear. Oh, my. Don't start this stuff. Don't. Alex Chacon says nine years of mediocrity. He's not a $40 million quarterback. You could be right. Giggity says you're not winning a Super Bowl with Derek Carr. You could be right. UC Regent Gumby says poor Jake will never know about sucking on a chili dog outside of the Tasty Freeze. Bro. Bro, what? What? <laughs> wow. Luis Cabazzo says, it's not just Carr. The Raiders have needed something different for decades. Truth. Uh, Carr isn't a top-tier NFL QB. How dare you? Yeah. I think he is a mediocre QB. I think he's a mid-level quarterback. Carr or Justin Herbert? <coughs> Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert or your mom? Justin Herbert. Thank you. Uh, I'm telling you, like, how do we get into this place all the time? <laughs> How do we wind up doing Derek Carr yes, or yes, yes. your neighbor's sister's boyfriend's girlfriend's cousin? Her name's Emma, and she is a C-cop. Like, how do we get into this? You fucking donkey. Yeah, how do we get into this? Every week on this show, we wind up arguing this quarterback or that quarterback. Let's play this guy or that guy. All right. So if we agree that Derek Carr. He's not a top-tier quarterback. Derek Carr or Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts. Ooh, I think I would take Derek Carr. No, I wouldn't. Uh, Derek Carr, or Trevor Lawrence. Derek Carr. Thank. Wow, my guy. Let's go. 
<laughs> Derek Carr, Tua Tua Tagovailoa, your mom. Derek Carr. Derek Carr, or Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Derek Carr is having a way better year than. Doesn't Aaron matter. Rogers. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Derek Carr or Russell Wilson. Ah, uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr, or Daniel Jones. Ah, uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr, or Tannehill. Derek Carr. Derek Carr, or Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G. Get the fuck. You're taking. Uh, like, <laughs> see, like you say stuff you can't back up. Jimmy G farts and he pulls a, a taint muscle. Like he farts, he strains his taint. And you're like, yeah, I'll take Jenny Garoppolo. No problem. <laughs> like just on durability alone. I thought you said he pulled a taint muscle. I did. That's some of my worst work. <laughs> You're really taking Jimmy Garoppolo over Derek Carr. Well, let's talk about him. No, we're not going to talk about it. You cannot take Jimmy Garoppolo over Derek Carr. Derek Carr throws a better ball. Derek Super Carr is, Bowl is appearance. Neither one of them is one. There's no, Doesn't matter. I, one's know, been there and one's not. What is this, BYU? You get a medal for showing up now? Can you measure it? Okay, probably too much. Anyway, the <laughs> point is... The ribbon is blue? <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am taking... No. No. I am taking Derek Carr over Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay. Stop it. Okay. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says Derek Carr over Purdy for now. Purdy. Purdy, Purdy good. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Eric says, it's your show, Tim. Why do you always do a this or that QB? Because it's stupid. I don't know. I have no... I, you know... Uh, Christmas says, I believe Carr's best chance to do something special was last year. It isn't looking good for him anytime soon. Yeah. It's probably true. I'm, you're really, okay, ju- let's play the Justin Herbert game then. Because <laughs> I think my guy is... Oh, your guy. Has Justin Herbert he not has, always been has. my man crush? He has. He's been your guy. I'd hit that. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> Justin Herbert or Tom Brady? Uh, Tom. Get the... <laughs> Why? <laughs> See, you only see... No, I'm on to your game. I am wise to your game. I am not playing your stupid game. Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. You're taking Joe Burrow. Yeah, I'm taking okay. Joe. Yeah. Uh, Justin Herbert or Josh Allen? Uh, Josh Allen. Kirk Cousins? Uh, Justin Herbert. GS7? Justin Herbert. Jared Goff? Uh, Justin Herbert. Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts. So you're taking Jalen Hurts over yeah. Justin Herbert? Yeah, right now I am, yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, right now I am. Justin Herbert needs to do something in the postseason, just as Jalen does. Jaylen. Just as Jalen does. But Jalen's team's got 14 wins now. Or just 13 wins. A side note to all the listeners. Do you, think, do you think Jake knows we're talking about the NFL? What do you mean? <laughs> Jalen Hurts hasn't won anything. I know. But what I'm saying is that his team is having a bomb year. So is Justin Herbert. At what nine wins? Having a bo- no, they're not at nine. They're not at nine wins. Seven they- wins, dude. The Chargers are are underachieving massively. They're eight and six, second in the AFC. Eight West. and six. Yeah, I mean, he's not. He's a great quarterback, but I- Justin Herbert, I think, is top five quarterbacks in the NFL. No, oh, okay. I think. What do you disagree? Okay, who? So Josh Allen, Patty Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. He's got a really crappy team at eight and six. Only because of him yesterday do they win that game. Right. And Dicker, the kicker. Dicker. The, he's the only reason they win that game. I mean, the am I wrong about that? Like, I, He is the only reason they were in position to win that game. Yeah. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and Josh Allen. And that's it. 
over Justin Herbert. That's it. I'm not taking Jalen Hurts over Justin Herbert. Okay. In a Super Bowl, you could start Justin Herbert or Jalen Hurts. Who are you starting? Probably Herbert. Probably. <clears throat> Probably. So you were just being a taint by saying... I was trying to pull your taint muscle. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> Raleigh's like, Lamar Jackson. Do Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Lamar Jackson or... Or... Oh, look at that. Justin Solace says he made it to Utah last night. Hey. What is up? Good to see you, Solace. Welcome home. All right, Lamar Jackson or Justin Herbert. Don't. I will punch <laughs> you in the face. You are not taking Lamar. No, take it, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar or Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. You're taking Yeah, you're taking you're taking Burrow and Josh Lamar Allen. Lamar or Kirk Cousins. Oh man. Dude. Uh I'd probably go Lamar, honestly. Lamar? Kirk, yeah. Lamar or Geno Smith? Lamar. Lamar or Trevor Lawrence? Uh Lamar. Really? Yeah. I think I could make an argument for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, well, Lamar, are the Ravens, Lamar did lose to him. I mean, I'm not, not all jokes aside, he did lose to him. Are the Ravens a better team with Trevor Lawrence than they are with Lamar Jackson? No. 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 No, because I think I think Doug Peterson has the Jags are a better team with Lamar. I because I think Doug Peterson's a hell of a coach, and I think that Doug Peterson is the one. So Doug Peterson would make Lamar a better quarterback. Yeah. Okay, that I agree. Yeah, because because I think my thing is is that I don't think that Harbaugh would take would take Trevor Lawrence to places that Doug Peterson has. That's interesting. Lamar or Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. I think I have to agree with that. Lamar uh, is 17 and seven interceptions. He's only played 12 games, obviously. He played 12 yeah. games last year, too, by the way. 242, 17 and seven, QBR of 59.2. Neat. Oof. That's Average rough. Ass quarterback, dude. That's rough. Uh, Alex Chacon says Justin Herbert hasn't won anything either. Well, I don't disagree with that, but he does have washboard abs. So there is that. <laughs> You see, I'm a guy of simple taste. It, so, our, so you guys, I think we all agree, right? That the defense has been an issue, and he just For doesn't who? have For a who? lot of weapons. Justin Herbert. Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of weapons in Los Angeles, should be in San Diego. Yeah, I mean, I just think they're an average football team. The, the, and the problem is, is that... Average ass or just average? Nah, they're average ass. I think that Justin Herbert, you put him on a... You put Justin Herbert on the Rams, he's going to the Super Bowl. Leading receiver in, in San Diego, but they're in L.A. You don't know. Joshua Palmer. Who the f*** is that guy? Second leading receiver in San Diego, but they play in L.A. No idea. Mike Williams. Um. Third leaving, leading receiver. Keenan. Nope. <coughs> Austin Eckler. <coughs> Fourth leading receiver. Okay, this is Keenan, right? Wrong. Uh, Jared Everett, the tight end. <coughs> Keenan Allen is their fifth leading receiver. He's only played seven games. He has 486 yards and two touchdowns. Justin Herbert has picked up the Spanos family and put it on their back, brother. Brother. I'm telling you, he's the reason they're winning. Right. He's the reason they're winning. Bottom line. Do you, do, you, do you want to step into this room for a minute or? What? Well, just so you can, you know, you know, release after the slurp Stop fest. it. <laughs> 
You're <laughs> such a jerk. Alex says, uh, Zach Wilson or Tyler Huntley? Oh, come on. Come on. Probably Tyler Huntley. Huntley or Cam? Huntley. Huntley's in the NFL. Yeah, Cam Rising. Yeah. Um, Eric and Riley says, Jake, you leave your dad's taint muscle alone. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Eric, for defending the, 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 the honor of my taint. I, I, anyway. Uh, Herbert doesn't have a bad team. 17 points is a joke for a top five quarterback. Let me ask you, who's he throwing to? <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious. He has Donovan Mitchell is six, one allegedly Austin Eckler is like smaller than Donovan Mitchell. So that tells you that Austin can't be the He's leading like scorer on an NBA team. <laughs> Austin Eckler is his leading rusher and like third leading receiver. Um, so he's not on a bad team. Do you have you? By the way, bro, have you have you looked? Bro, hell <laughs> <laughs> out of here with that. Yeah, seriously. Like if you look at their if you look at their defense, Derwin James misses games like every week. I think that's HIPAA. He's spectacular. He's a good player. He's played twelve of their fourteen games. Yeah, Drew Tranquil's good. Like, they have but, names. They're just not good. But they have guys now. Like, Khalil Mack has seven sacks. Right. Ten tackles for loss. Is that what you paid for when you traded for him? I guess so. He's not been spectacular. He's been fine. Brigham's been good. Right? KVN. <laughs> His name is Brigham. Uh, Kyle Van Oy. Brigham. Kyle Van Oy. Brigham. I love that introduction. Um, Calvin always been good, but they don't have like a, a great team. Like they, their <laughs> defense is just okay. Team. Their offensive line is okay. Their wide receivers are fucking busted ass. Like they're not uh, great. Justin Herbert's amazing. Okay. Let's move on. The Monty show is presented by the F. Now it feels awkward. Now it feels awkward. The Monty show presented by the advocates, utahadvocates.com. Uh, make sure you hook it up with the best injury attorneys in the business. Um, you never pay them up front. You don't pay the advocates unless and until they win your case. So there are no big retainers. There are no consultation fees. In fact, get to theadvocates.com, theadvocates.com. Click on talk to a lawyer now, and you can chat with a lawyer 24 seven at theadvocates.com. Donnie's back in uh, business tonight. Against your Utah Jazz. The Jazz are at Cleveland, 5 o'clock. Donnie and the Cavs are a six-point favorite. 222 is the total in that game. Are the Jazz better for having made the Donovan Mitchell trade? Listen, I don't think there's any doubt that you got a haul, including Sexton and Markkinen. There's no doubt about that. But the question is, are you a better, more ready-to-compete-for-a-championship team now? And if Don is on this Utah Jazz team... Are they a Western Conference contender? Jake, I think I could make the argument that they would not be if you just exchanged equal pieces. But if you don't if you don't make the Don trade, isn't Boyan Bogdanovich still on this team? I think I could make the argument he would be. Yeah, that's the problem. I mean, without the trade, you're 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 like you can't say, oh, well, Donovan with with Laurie and with Sexton and with all these guys, like you can't say that because they wouldn't have those players. So would they be a Western Conference contender? Probably not, right? He'd probably be a man on an island just playing basketball and playing out the string here while he waited for the trade deadline to get here. That's probably true. So, no, I don't think that they would be 
better with Don. At the same time, though, I have a lot of reservations about trading a guy in Donovan Mitchell who's an all-star caliber player and only getting better. I have a big issue with that. And I think there are ways to have kept Donovan Mitchell happy and to have worked it out and also built a championship contending team. I I just, that's just as simple as it is in the NBA. So to me, like you look at, like, look at other guys who are one team guys, like, like Kobe as an example, you think Kobe wanted to be a Laker every single day that he was a Laker. You think there weren't days where he was unhappy or, you know, thought about leaving the squad or whatever. Well, yeah, of course, every guy goes through that. Braun goes through it. We know that Dame time has gone through it. Like all these guys go through it. The difference is some of those guys have worked more closely with their front office. And I think this thing about Danny and Don having this falling out and having all this drama, that to me is the core reason why he left. I don't think that he hated being a jazz man. I think that he didn't want to play in what he thought was going to be like a 10-year rebuild. So did they win the trade? I think it's too early to tell. I think if the Jazz have a ring on their finger inside of five years, they won the trade. But I guess that's the question. Do you believe that this team will win a championship in the next five years. I think you're you're going to be probably a, a fringe playoff team this year. I think next year you're you're solidly mid-table in the Western Conference. Yeah. And I think two years from now you're competing for an NBA championship. And I think on those merits alone, yeah, you probably won this trade. Because if you look at what the Donovan Mitchell trade was, yeah, you got Laurie Markkinen, Ochai Abaji, Colin Sexton, you signed him to an extension. Three unprotected first-round picks in 2-5, 2-7, and 2-9, and then two pick swaps in 26 and 28. So all that pick stuff is later. Like, that's years away. And But my point is, you can still trade that, and you can still make money on that. Right. Yeah, and that's true. I think that's what they're... I think that's Danny's model, that Danny will trade that. By the way, we just hit 8,700 subs. Let's Thank go. you for that. I think that's what you're going to see, is that Danny's going to leverage those assets... And I don't believe that they will draft those. And I think he's going to do that this year because I don't know that there's ever been more anticipation in an NBA draft than we have this year with VW and Scoot. Yeah. And, you know, frankly, this this draft is probably 40 players deep. And I think there's probably le- legit, there's probably 20 NBA stars in this draft, depending on how you develop and grow your players. Like, this is an incredibly deep draft, and I think Danny will leverage those now. The question is, what do you do to get a power forward? This is, again, why I would go back to what we reported last week about the John Collins trade. I think there is no doubt that the Jazz, if they want John Collins, he's there to be had. The question is, what are the Phoenix Suns, what is their temperature to get involved in this? Yeah, Because I think they know that they have got to move on from Jay Crowder. And I think Atlanta would love to have Jay Crowder. I think the Phoenix Suns would love to have Jared Vanderbilt. And I think the Utah Jazz would love to get John Collins. But the other question is, you know, in this trade that we put up the other day, um, we were given these pieces to this trade the other day. Um, where is my picture here? This trade the other day, we were, we were told by an NBA source that this trade was on the table and was not executed. And so again, I just ask, are the Jazz willing to take an expiring contract in Dario Saric along with John Collins? And I'm telling you again, if you look at this trade and you're the Jazz, I don't know how you say no to this. Because very clearly, you're not prioritizing winning a championship this year. Right. You're willing to part with Mike Conley and Vando. 
And my guess is that if you are the Atlanta Hawks and you can land Jay Crowder, you're doing that. I don't know how you say no to that trade. If you're the Utah Jazz, you're going to end up with another expiring contract and John Collins, who's a long-term fit at the position of most need on this roster, power forward. I don't know how you say no to that. Now, to truly judge who won this trade, if the Jazz win a championship in the next five years, you won the trade. If you leverage the assets, the draft picks that you got in this deal for Don, and you turn that into a championship, you won this trade. Yeah. But if you're winning the best record in the NBA and you're going out in the first round again, you didn't win this trade. So, so you were. Yeah, you didn't win this trade. Yeah, I mean, you're the exact. If you do that, that you're the exact same team. I mean, it's not. Again, it's not acceptable to be the best team in the regular season and go out in the first round. And that's just who you are. Like I, I think that you, you need to, you need to be Western Conference Finals good. That's how I know you'll have won the trade. If we're being honest, because that's where the, the the Don Rudy teams never were able to get to. You were never able to get to the Western Conference Finals. So to me, if I mean, if we're being brutally honest, that's the next step: getting to the Western Conference Finals and then on to the NBA Finals. That's right. And I, I just don't think that you can be mediocre anymore. You know, like I, I just don't think that you can do that. Um, all right, let's get some of your comments in here. Talking Utah Jazz basketball on the Monty Show. Um, let's see. Who's got the best one here? Eric and Raleigh will start us off. Will Hardy would have made Mitchell a better player, but the Jazz got multiple pieces for moving Mitchell. Yeah. But I look at James Wiseman in Golden State as a really good example of this. Does James Wiseman ever become a... Uh, a top five guy on any NBA roster. <laughs> I don't know that he does. I think James is very young and I think he's going to be traded by Golden State. I don't yeah. think there's any doubt about that. I, he can be, he can definitely start on a team for sure. I, I, I think that James just needs more time. I, that's what I think. I, and, I, and I think that, you know, he doesn't necessarily fit in with what Golden State runs either. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, that's he, true. He can run with them, but I don't think that he. They have never been the athletic big team. They've been go small in the middle and move the ball. Like have a have a guy in Draymond who's undersized but is tenacious on defense and really gets in your in you know gets under your skin on defense and really battles. Like dude, he's and can 20, pass. James Wiseman is twenty one years old. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. He's still a really young man. guy, man. Like I think that. You got to give that more time. Do I think that the Warriors are capable of developing him? Hell yeah, I am. Hell yeah. They are a proven developmental system. I have no doubt about that. So that's why I say, that's why they had no problem sending him down to the G League. Like, humble him, you know, yeah. and then and then get him right mentally and develop him. Luis Capazzo says they won the trade. We don't have people sandbagging anymore. What does that even mean, dude? Yeah, who was sandbagging? Yeah, wh- and and, and what, what do is, you mean? What does sandbagging in the NBA even mean? Yeah, I have no idea. Because to me, that means that they, people were trying to lose games. You're going to have to explain that. Mitchell loving it and playing better, which may be bad for the Jazz as Spider may stay with the Cavs long term. We'll see. Well, who cares where he goes? He's never coming back to Utah. I can tell you that. It doesn't seem like. Chacon says if Sexton uh, can get back to where he was before the injury, 72 over four years is going to be a steal. Yeah. He's got to average 20 points a game. That, In my mind. Uh, Eric and Raleigh, VW is going to be a bust. Yeah, we've debated that a thousand times. Yeah. My guy, San Diego State, says, hey, Booker, 58, a beast. Yeah, he should have had like 70. Yeah, that was... Uh... That was yeah. frustrating. Well, we were watching that the other night, too. Yeah. The Suns just are not that team right now. I think the Suns need need 
a Mike Conley on that roster. Because, for instance, yeah, you have Devin Booker at 58 points. And they're clearly trying to foul. Who is that against Dallas? Like, for instance. New Orleans. New Orleans. They're clearly trying to foul guys. Chris Paul won't give up the ball and give it to Devin Booker to give him free throws. Well, the problem was is they were doubling Book at the end. They were they they were being like that. They were doubling him every possession. So Book had to give it up, and then Chris Paul wouldn't give it back. And like, you know, so it's and, just yeah. And you could see his teammates trying to get Booker the ball, everybody but Chris Paul. Like it was I mean, it was it was kind of crazy to watch, frankly. Um the Jazz also have some weakness uh when it comes to rebound. They need a power forward. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you, you are, in my opinion, you are really struggling at power forward. Yeah. It, I mean, there's just no doubt. Eric C., what's up, my guy? Don just needed more teammates that are athletic and could actually dribble and shoot a basketball. Well, you ain't wrong about that. Uh, NBA fan 1997. Okay. Okay. I don't think the Jazz had a choice on keeping Don. It's obvious he secretly demanded a trade and didn't want to be in Utah due to political reasons. <laughs> could be. I think everybody I li- assumes that. I like how that. it's like... It's obvious. Everybody assumes that. I don't know that I, I would agree with that. I don't know. Infowars.com. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Huey, good morning. I don't think Mitchell wanted to be in Utah his last few years there. It's better for both teams that he was traded. I think he did not want to be on this roster yeah. last year. I don't you think you put the roster in Timbuktu and he wouldn't want to have been there. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's the case. I really don't. But that's just me. Uh Lopes Van Gabe says the Suns need another point guard who will be injured and unavailable come playoffs. Water's wet and Mike Conley's injured in the playoffs. But this case wait, is empty. We talk about this all the time. Anthony Davis. <laughs> Dude. Th- tell me again. And I, like this is a fascinating conversation in my mind. Tell me again that the Lakers aren't wasting LeBron James. Because we're going to the game Friday yeah. in L.A. against uh, Which, by Charlotte. the way, super excited to see LaMelo Ball. Yeah, super, super excited. excited. Never mind Braun, obviously. I would agree with that. Uh, going to the Laker game in L.A. Yeah. So, again, tell me that they're, the Lakers are not currently wasting LeBron James. After the street closed, Davis. Hurt again. Out weeks with this foot injury now. When he gets healthy, Rob Palinka does he have the balls to trade Anthony Davis? How do you not? Like, but at this point, like, and I'm being serious. At this point, it's no longer, hey, do you have the balls to trade Anthony Davis? At this point, it's obvious you should trade Anthony Davis. It's not like you're trading LeBron James, four-time champion LeBron James. That's different. Anthony Davis is injury-prone, dude. The guy is damaged goods. Can he give you... 55 and 27 the other day? Yeah, he can. But how often has he given you that? He's not Nikola Jokic, right? Like, he's not. Like, I got news for you. He's not even Carl Anthony Towns right now because of how hurt he is. When he's on the floor, is he? Absolutely. When he's on the floor, he's one of the best bigs in the game. But he's never on the floor. So what is the point of having a guy on your roster that is constantly hurt. Well, I just can't do it anymore with Anthony Davis. Well, and I, I think the bigger issue is is that LeBron is still giving you an incredibly high level of performance. And again, you just don't have the roster around him. You still haven't made Miles Turner or Buddy Heald a Laker. Whoever came up with that shit needs to be fired. You still haven't traded Russell Westbrook. You still like whatever. They, they're just wasting LeBron because he is, I'm telling you, watching him perform right now is a gift. That's every day. And I continue to say this. I said it about Mike. I I said it about Kobe. I'll say it about LeBron. You better watch as much LeBron as you can. 
Because every time that dude takes a step or jumps for a dunk, his career could come to an end. You're at that stage in your career where you've put a lot of miles on those tires, man. LeBron James is playing incredibly high-level basketball. And while he may not be the best basketball player in the world anymore, I still maintain that he is still top five in the NBA. And I just hope we're appreciating him because as much as I disagree with LeBron off the floor and a lot of things he does, if you don't appreciate what he's doing as a basketball player right now, you're insane. At his age and his development, you're insane. And Anthony Davis, I I think that Anthony Davis – Anthony Davis, it makes total sense for him to be a Nick. Finally. It makes total sense for him to be a net. Like, there's a lot of teams that could use him. Back is broken. You got to go make that trade. Yeah, and he's hurt all the time. I broke my back. Listen, as I watch a lot of Laker basketball, Anthony Davis is amazing when he's healthy. And that's very rare. Because he's always limping around, and you know what he is? He's one of those guys who's always on the floor. Oh, what a loser. I'm telling you, in football and in basketball, if you're on the ground, you're going to get hurt. Period. It it is what it is, and he is that guy who is constantly on the ground. They should trade Anthony Davis. Yes. They should. It's time. It's been time. And yet the Lakers continue not to do that. You know, like I I just don't, don't get that at all. Uh, Luis says the last few years, I've wondered if the Lakers front office knows anything. They've made some stupid moves, almost as bad as the Kings. Well, I think the Kings have gotten much better. They have. The Halliburton trade isn't as bad as we thought it would be because Sabonis has been a stud, but De'Aaron Fox, they saw whatever they needed to see. They extended him and he's balling out, dude. Like he is, that cat is, that cat is really good. Yeah. They're moving in the right direction. There's no doubt about it. Yep. But I think when you look at the worst front offices right now, it's embarrassing to watch the Bulls at times. Yes, I was going to say. Like, I don't understand what the Bulls are doing. And Well, they're losing is what they're doing repeatedly. Terribly. And in an embarrassing fashion. But again, I will say, I think this January is going to be one of the busiest trade seasons we've ever seen. I think January, the month of January, we will see double-digit trades. Schemers trying to control think, their little world. I think you're going to see an incredible amount of movement in the NBA. Absolutely, you will. Uh, Brett Burnett says, real question, Boyan or KO? KO. Boyan. Boyan. Who's KO? Kelly Olenek. Oh, stop. Is that even a conversation? Yeah, it's Bogdanovich all day. Boyan Bogdanovich is one of the leading scorers in the NBA right now. Like that, that I just mean, don't give it to him in the clutch. Well, and again, if you missed it, he had another wide open game winning shot, and he shot an air ball for Detroit. Though you want to talk about a team that a, a team that wants Boyan, the Lakers are desperate to get Boyan. It have been for two years. I think Danny made the Olympic trade despite the Lakers. I'm not even joking about that. He turned down a first round pick from the Lakers for Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah, to acquire. Kelly Olynyk and a dude who they sent his salary and then you cut him. Who does that? You turned down a first-round pick from the Lakers. Yeah, because you wanted both picks. Uh, that because I hate. what you wanted is control. That I hate. It drives me crazy. But I'm telling you, as a Bulls fan, the Bulls are just wasting away. Yeah. I mean, you... Have, you want to talk about wasting a guy. You're wasting DeMar DeRozan. You want to talk about a guy you should trade for. Anthony Davis would be a great fit in Chicago. He's never healthy, but... Him hurt is better than Vucevic healthy. Lana Kane and B12. I mean, dude, it is so frustrating to watch the Bulls. Yeah. They're just... Zach Levine is unreliable. They're mediocre, dude. 
That's what they are. They're, They're mediocre, mediocre at best. I mean, at best. Yeah. They got embarrassed last night, 150 to yeah, 126. I thought you said, thought you said the T-Wolves, without Rudy or Cat, put up 150 on you. Yeah, you gave up 37 to Ant. <clears throat> D'Lo had 28. <clears throat> like 16 from Knight off the bench. They shot 50. The Timberwolves shot 50. Three dude, you know when you know three. when Book Knight is giving you trouble, you're a bad team, dude. You're a bad team. I'm just telling you now that I'm not here for for Reinsdorf as some legend in sports. He's not. And again, I just ask, why haven't they traded Patrick Williams yet? Why? Man. And Desumu plays 19 minutes, five points, a minus 21. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm some amazing night in and night out Bulls fan because I'm not. But they that's a team I watched when I was growing up. Like that was my team. I am painfully night in and night out a like, Bulls fan, and it's brutal. It's embarrassing, dude. It is absolutely embarrassing. And what's more embarrassing, if I'm being really honest, is just the Chicago sports scene on the whole. Like as a as a someone who grew up in Chicago, it is embarrassing that the Cubs are trying to say that Dansby Swanson is gonna go and win them a World Series, dude. Like I'm so tired of the, hey, we spent money on one guy. We signed DeMar, and that's what's going to take us to the finals. With all due respect to DeMar, because I love DeMar, right? Love his game. But that's not how it works in sports, No Rudy and no Cat, and you got out-rebounded by Death Timberwolves. That's Billy Donovan doing Billy Donovan. Ant last night had 37 points and 11 dimes, 7 rebounds, Um, 2 steals. Man. I, I I am at a loss for the Bulls. It is because so it is so frustrating to watch the Bulls. I, I just I and we have Jazz fans here today saying, "Oh well, if he doesn't want to be here, get his ass out of here." Come on, man! Like, let's have some perspective. Yeah, I yeah I don't know. Uh, Brett Burnett says Clippers aren't moving with new owner investigating, but nice try. Clippers aren't moving. What do you mean by that? Who says the Clippers are moving? Yeah, I didn't see anything about I, that. Yeah, Maybe the Clippers are that. not. The Clippers are building a new stadium. Yeah, out by the airport. What they're not moving anywhere. Dallin says uh, Zach Levine will be gone, but he won't mean anything to the team he goes to. He just signed a massive extension. He's not going anywhere for a while. He isn't a game changer and hasn't been on any of his teams. Oh, he's a game changer. The issue is he he isn't the same Another player because he's not dynamic anymore. As dynamic as he was because he's got the knee injury. And he just, you could see he hesitates. The guy can play, but he's an alpha, and you need to support him with players that... DeMar's the best player offensively on that team. It's just... I yeah. don't understand why Billy Donovan doesn't play him together. I That's what's holding the Bulls back, if we're being honest. Billy Donovan and his rotations are garbage. You 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 should... Yeah, you like It should be DeMar and Zach on the floor at the same time as much as possible. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, all right, make sure you hit the like button. Um, so again, I, I I think it's yet to be determined on who uh, who won the the Don trade. Yeah, it's yet to be determined. Yeah. But, but by the way, I do think it's interesting that tonight you have the Cavs only minus six. The Yaz got blown out in Milwaukee the other night. Yeah, without Giannis, and without Middleton, Middleton dude, they wow. got torched. I, I think you're seeing that Jared Vanderbilt's having trouble playing in high-paced games. And I think he's having trouble. And I think Will Hardy, you're starting to see Will Hardy is limiting his minutes. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I think, I, I think I'll think i take the Cavs to cover that. 
and I yeah. think it goes over. John's I think got it, forty for the Jazz tonight. I I have no forty. Doubt. Yeah, he will light them up. Yeah, forty. Yeah, he'll light them up. Wow, forty. Uh, oh man, I don't know that I can say forty. If he scores forty, they're gonna lose by twenty. Probably. I mean, if he's scoring 40, you're just going to... Well, and you know the Jazz have had a propensity to give up big games to individual yep. performers. Yeah. My guy Book did it. Like, I mean, it's not... Yeah, there's been a few guys who've done it. Yeah. Well, maybe you're right. He's... I mean, he's just playing I out just of think, his mind. I think he's... No, but my point is, is he has a point to prove tonight. I, I think that, hey, it's the first time I'm playing the Jazz. They're, you know, obviously... Well, I would agree like, with that. You know, he's going to be motivated tonight. I would agree with that. Real quick, by the way, because I know how much you want to slurp Kevin Durant. Well... Was he any good last night? 43. Kevin Durant last night scored 43 points. He only made three threes. 12 of 13 from the free throw stripe. Six boards, two dimes, a steal, two blocks. Yeah. I mean, like he What's there to talk about? That Kyrie Irving had 38. Yeah. And they're starting to... What did Ben have? Ben Simmons had four points, eight boards, eight dimes, a steal. How many minutes? 25. That's not, I mean. So they're managing his loads. They're managing his loads, but he's playing good defense. Oh, he's playing phenomenal defense. So, I mean, I I think that if, you know. The problem is, is KD and Kyrie are giving you that kind of performance and you're winning by three. One possession game. Yeah. The only other guy in double figures for them, Royce O'Neal. That was a good trade for the Nets, I feel like. (laughs) You want to talk about a guy that's a better player? Yeah. Royce O'Neal is a better player. Yeah. He He is a better player. And he's shooting a three at a much higher clip. Too, by the way. And then real quick, I do want to talk about this Nikola Jokic virtuoso thing. 40 minutes, 40 points, 27 boards. Keep it real. Oh, Rudy's better than Jokic. 10 dimes, two steals. Rudy's better than Jokic. Yeah, okay. 12 of 17 okay. from the line. Okay. Okay. And also of note is that Jamal Murray only scored six points. Cantavius and Aaron Gordon scored 20 apiece. <laughs> and they won by four. Jokic gives you that performance. You see, they won by four. You see what I mean? Teams aren't playing defense. This is an offense league. Yeah, man. And the teams that do play defense are going to win championships. Yeah. I I don't know what you say about Jokic. I don't like playing. I don't like watching the guy play. He's boring to me. But holy cow, he's good. Yeah. I it is that me being a, a jerk? I don't know. No, I just I don't it's much like the Luca thing. I, I don't like Luca is a great basketball player. There's no way around it. I hate the guy. As yeah. a, as a basketball player, I hate the guy. I, I don't like his antics. I don't like that he's constantly complaining. But I have to say, at some point the league's gotta figure it out. Do you not see? Again, this is the hardened thing. Yeah. Right? Do you not see that these guys are just playing for the step back? So to me, oh, absolutely. If you like, I like if I was coaching defense against Luca, I would say, hey, I'm going to be committed to not allowing this guy to take threes in one-on-one situations. So defensively, it's okay if he goes by you. That's fine. We're going to live with that. But I'm not letting Luca knock down three after three after three after three to allow them to get out to this huge lead. I'm not it, letting but, that. But happen. it's also like letting Zion go left. Yeah. Like, why do you let Zion Williamson Make get him to his go left? Right. You can't let him get like, to his left hand. Come on. You can't. I mean, that would be like you not going to TridayTrading.com slash Monty and watching the, the webinar. Yeah. 
Like you have to go and watch. it's free. It's a free webinar with no obligation behind it. Uh, TridayTrading.com presents all of our Utah Jazz and NBA talk here on the Monty Show. Uh, get to TridayTrading.com. Stop chasing paychecks, man, and go to work for yourself. And if you don't want to, if you don't want to be self-employed, and maybe you're you love your job, day trade on the side because there are people every single day who who have gone through the Triday Trading program uh, that are absolutely making hundreds of dollars a day day trading with the program that they learned at TridayTrading.com. And furthermore, there are people who day trade full time every day in this country that make $1,000 or more a day. Are you, are you making right now? Do some quick math in your head. Are you making $1,000 a day? Are you making that at your current job? If you're not, you need to go watch a free webinar at TridayTrading.com slash Monty because the webinar is pretty straightforward. It's going to tell you what they do, how they do it, and what you need to do to make $1,000 a day day trading or to turn day trading into your, your side hustle because it's absolutely doable. And again, I'll just tell the same story at, at, at uh, Yelp. We used to have a Slack channel of everybody at Yelp that was a day trader and there are hundreds of people who work at Yelp full-time and they day trade on the side. That story's repeated across the country. And the best in the business, TridayTrading.com. They are in Lehigh. They're a local company. They're entrepreneurs and they do it better than anybody else. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. And all we're asking you to do is go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty and watch the free webinar. No matter where you listen to this show, TridayTrading.com slash Monty to watch the free webinar. Uh, make sure you guys give us a uh, thumbs up. Hit the like button, please. Uh, Brett Burnett says, Spida for 60 and they lose. Oh my God. <laughs> How would that be? Uh, uh, Teleni, Teleniu, TT, says, Lakers need to trade Anthony Davis. Wasting LeBron James at this point with the team they have. Agreed. And he's playing really well. Agreed. Really, really yep. well. So NBA uh, 97 says uh, the Wolves are too good for them to get a high pick. I still think they'll end up as a lottery pick. What a horrendous trade by Minnesota, though. Oh, my God. Terrible trade. Yeah. And not having Rudy and the inability, in my opinion, to play Rudy and Cat together is absolutely (laughs) crippling for them. And you thought that you were going to be able to play those two guys together and you called it the two towers. Yeah. Come on, guy. Crazy. Come on. I don't know. And they just (laughs) don't work together. They don't. Uh, Dallin says, Cavs won short-term. Jazz will probably win long-term. I would agree with that. Uh, Brett Burnett says, you two need to stop living in the past. The Bulls have been washed ever since they, the GOAT left. I don't disagree with that. I'm always going to be a Bulls fan. It, and I'm very rarely a team guy in the NBA. I don't believe in... I, just, I think the NBA is more about supporting players. Yeah. I'm a Devin Booker guy. I'm a Jason Tatum guy. I'm a Donovan Mitchell guy. Admittedly, it was good to see Book hawk up that three at the end of the game just to prove a point. I wanted it to go in. Yeah. I, I did. I wanted them to go in. Um, let's see. Eric C. says, is it just me uh, that thinks Don's opinion on BLM and CRT is what made jazz fans in Utah turn on him? Oh, no. No, I think that's, what ha- that's exactly Absolutely. what happened. Eric, Absolutely. I think that that is the beginning of the end for Don. Yeah, I... Yeah, don't get me started. Um, Brett says, uh, Spider should have avoided politically talk, but he's still loved. Uh, he's not still loved here. No. And I don't think he should have avoided politics at all. I think he should have talked about it louder. Eric C. says, Luka, Jokic, Giannis, Euros run the NBA, KD, Book, and LeBron, 
And second, our second tier to them. Really? Uh, is there some guy named Kevin Durant you're forgetting about here, bud? So Kevin Durant, he said, Katie, uh, Kevin Durant is better than Luca. I think he's better than all three of those guys. Um, I think LeBron is better than Luca and Jokic. Book, I think, is... He needs to win a championship. And he needs to be the reason they win a championship. That's what I would say about that. Eric, she also says, LeBron and company didn't avoid political talk. Spida did it in Utah and the fan base turned on him. Yeah, well, this isn't woke LA, as they say. Lip tarts. Oh, lip tarts. Yeah. Lip tarts. Very different. Brent says, be careful, Jake. They better play defense come playoffs as that is when they all start to really, really play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the whistle changes in the playoffs too. Yeah, I, I you know. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Jazz won't ever win a championship. Well, duck, duck season. season. Hey, duck season, bro. Since you know so much about teams that win championships, where's my hundred bucks? You still owe us a hundred bucks. Yeah. Like still. Yeah. Jeremy Bowden says, "LOL, street clothes, dude is never going to play three straight games in a row ever again, dude. Nah, you're you're dude. not even joking. That's and that's yeah, it's not an exaggeration. You're not even yeah. joking. Yeah. You know." Of course, After Duck, Duck Season things. wants to talk about Bo Nix leading the Ducks to a national yeah, championship. Yeah, just like he did this year, right? Oh, double or nothing on my hundo? No, you're paying us 100 bucks. Yeah. You're so fucked. You know. Uh, let's see. Eric C. says, Mr. Political Expert Ruff has entered the chat. Oh, oh has good he really? to see you, Ruffs. Good to okay. see you, dude. There you go. Uh, let's see. Jeremy Bolton says, wait, the GOAT didn't leave the Bulls. The GOAT still gets 1.4, two assists, nine turnovers, one sweaty-ass headband, and four uh, yeah. drop hot dogs a game. Yeah, yeah. Alex Russo is still there. It's exactly right. It's exactly right. Uh, let's see. Ruff's official. Fans don't watch sports to hear privileged millionaire athletes pushing woke politics. What do you think politicians are, genius? <laughs> you want to talk about a racist statement? Good Lord. Eric C. says, Mitchell will win a chip before the Jazz ever do in Utah, which is unfortunate. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I disagree. I don't think the Cavs are are there yet. I think there's too much. I think Philly's better. I think Brooklyn's better. I think Boston's better. Well, they're better now, but the question is, what does the playoffs look like? Cause I, I do think that the Cavs are good enough to beat people in the play. You, you play a tight game with Cleveland. You really want to play Donovan in a, in a five minute you're, you're tied at 90. You really yeah. want to play against that team. Come on, man. Yeah. Yep, Duck Season says, I'll pay the 100 when you don't talk about Poverty University of Utah. Well, that's not the bet you made. Yeah, dude. Stop dancing, around, stop dancing around the commitment. You're, you're a liar, and you welched on your bet. Just yeah. own that. Yeah. Very simple. Very simple. What do you make of Bo Nix back at, back at Oregon? I, I, you know, there's some of these guys. Like, I, I think Bo Nix is not an NFL quarterback. So I think it's a no-brainer for him to come back to Oregon. Uh-huh. I think he knows there's going to be significant turn in the Pac-12. Um, I Excuse think me, he, it's the Pac-10. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. In the Pac-10, I think he's well aware of that. Yeah. And I think he sees an opportunity. And I think Oregon's only going to be better next year. I'm curious what the rest of the conference turns into. Because the transfer portal obviously has been a game changer. Well, and I think that, you know, NIL money is picking up. I mean, clearly when when you're seeing these new collectives and we know that Jaron made over six figures and we know that if Jaron's making six figures, what's a guy like Bo Nix at a university like Oregon going to make? Like, we know there's opportunities. And, and I think this goes back to, hey, NIL is paying guys and they're more willing to come back. They're they're more willing to to take the risk of injury 
because they know they're going to make money and most likely they're going to improve their their draft stock. And I also think this conversation around the draft and playing the draft value game is huge. Like, you know, obviously you guys know Harris Lachance is on the show weekly or was during the season. You know, even for a guy like him, who's a great offensive lineman, ready to go, would be a uh, an NFL contributor right out of the gate, in my opinion. Even a guy like him is considering his draft stock and, like, what yeah. he can do. So, to me, if you're a quarterback, you play a very slippery slope, like a, like AR, a- Anthony Richardson going to the league. Like, that's a very slippery slope because I can make a really strong case. He's nowhere near an NFL quarterback. But no. if, if guys like Lamar and Tua are able to get in, like, Anthony should be able to get in. Yeah, I think when you look around the the Pac-12, I mean, Bo Nix in Oregon will will be one of the favorite teams. I mean, USC clearly with Caleb going back is going to be the favorite team in the Pac-10. But I think when you when you look at you know you know UCLA getting a new quarterback, obviously Utah's going to have to make some moves. But Utah's had a huge recruiting class so far. Um, you know, I I just think the Pac-10 football wise is getting better. Yeah. And I think that very clearly Lincoln Riley is going to want to win a Pac-12 championship and going to want to compete for a national championship while they're still in the conference next year. So I would expect USC to be better defensively next year. Um, but I just think Bo Nix knows he's not an NFL quarterback at this point. And if you're going to run the way he runs, you're always going to be hurt by the end of the year. Yeah. There, there's just no way to avoid that. Yeah, And I think we found out that when Bo Nix is not 100%, Oregon's not nearly as lethal. And, you, I mean, you go to Oregon State and you lose. And that's what happens in this conference is your November schedule is a meat grinder, dude. And, and you wind up battling against your conference foe in all of these rivalry games. Bo Nix, as long as he runs as much as he's running at Oregon, he's not going to be there for bowl season. Yeah, He's a guy that's always going to be hurt. It's a... It's the one thing that you really worry about at at Oregon is Oregon's got great defense. They put t- you know a ton of talent out, and can Bo Nix stay healthy? Because if Bo Nix is is you know eighty percent, or if he's as full strength as one could be in November and December, they probably go to the Pac twelve championship. Yeah, but that leg injury against Washington was absolutely a game changer. Yep, and that loss to Washington was incredibly disappointing. That loss to Oregon State was incredibly disappointing. I mean, to give up that kind of lead it, it is mind-numbing. So, you know, it, it just it just has to be something. You have to be smarter than that. Right. And I'm curious. And the funny thing is, if I, I can't remember the Bo Nix injury specifically, but he was out of the pocket on that play. It's not even like he was running. So it's just, it was a disappointing end. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ryan Shennefelt says, appreciate the show you two provide. Yeah, appreciate Gives us a $5 you, Ryan. tip. Appreciate Thank you, man. Thank you. Um, let's see. Greg Hawkins says, yeah, Oregon won't see a championship for three more years minimum. I think Utah is so deep right now. If this, if all of this holds and Witt and company develop the way that they have developed, I mean... I wonder what the offense looks like next year. I, I do. I, I, I mean. But here's the deal. You know what the offense is going to look like every year. They're going to run the football, and they're going to pass it a little bit. That's what Utah is, and they're going to beat you with defense. That's what Utah is. And, and I'm, well, you know, I'm not trying to be cold-blooded, but that's just what we get every year. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, mean, they run the football. That's what they do. And then they're going to try and pass off of that. I mean, they're not like Utah's never going to have – 
some prolific passing quarterback playing the position. That's yeah. not like, you know, I love Cam and I love his ability and what he's able to do and everything. But, you know, I just, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, wow, what's the offense going to look like? Yeah, well, it's going to look like they're going to try and run run the football. The first five weeks, there's going to be three backs that they're going to rotate through, right? And until one of them steps forward and becomes the number one, once that happens, then he'll get most of the carries and the other two will fill in. And depending on if your quarterback can stay healthy, that will depend on how far you go. Like, that's what they do. I'm curious what Jaquindon Jackson turns into. Yeah. Because I think he's done a really Hell nice of a player. job. Hell I of think, a player. I mean, just the mentality and the mental toughness it takes to drop out of a quarterback rotation to be a running back. Yeah. I, I wonder what he turns into because he really did do a nice job. I mean, it. It's just, it's so fascinating to me that Kyle Whittingham football teams have this unique ability to take a guy who is one position and turn him into a star at another position. It, I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you even it's just fathom co- what just he's out, done. Outright coaching, outright, I'm better coaching than you are. That's what it is. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, if you look way. at, if you look at, the, I mean, just the Pac-12 championship game. Jaquindon Jackson, Makai Bernard, like, leading the line. Like, they, you wouldn't have thought that. You know, and, and then you, you start looking at guys like Money Parks. Money Parks was your leading receiver in the Pac-12 championship game. How is that even possible? That's what I mean, though. That's why they will never win a national championship. That's the problem, though. Like, it, I agree. They're coaching their ass off. But you have to get better talent. You, well, and you I think have, they are. You're, you're they capping are. yourself. I, I still, I, yeah. It's unbelievable that Utah won the Pac-12 championship. I, yeah. I'm sitting here today on December 19th. I'm a, yeah. the, the Utes are back-to-back Pac-12 champions. Yeah, after, after everything that they went through. I remember sitting in Hawaii watching the Florida game just being stunned that Cam didn't make that throw. Yeah. To, to go from that moment to... The Oregon loss to winning a Pac-12 championship to beating USC twice. It, it it's not an accident anymore. It's not a fluke anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it it, it just it just isn't. It, it's crazy. Uh let's see. Duck's calling me a poverty. Haha. Ha. He can't afford a hundred dollar bet, which is amazing. You're yeah, so broke that you can't thing. afford a hundred dollar bet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's crazy. Charles M says, is Utah stuck in the Pac-12? I don't necessarily know that they're quote-unquote, stuck in the Pac-12. I think they'll be there as long as they think the Pac is some great conference. Yeah, which is why I'm still surprised that Harlan said we're not going anywhere. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. There's no way around that. Yeah, yeah, they're probably stuck because they want to be stuck. Yeah. Uh, Alex says, is Cam going back to Utah? I don't know. He hasn't said two words about it. You know, I I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I would think not. I would think not. But again, but, why are these guys taking so long to announce? Like, well, what's I mean, the deal, dude? He's got the Rose Bowl. Like, he's got, like, I mean, he's got stuff to focus on. But, like, Jaron. Like, why isn't Jaron said, hey, I'm coming back? You know what I mean? Like, what is the, what are we waiting for? Because I think BYU is one of those places where you don't say anything. I think, I don't know that there will ever be a Jaron Hall announcement. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe and, and maybe that's a bigger conversation that we need to have at some point. Maybe. Because there should be a conversation. Like, yeah, there should be an announcement. Yeah. Uh, Carlin says, Monty looked thrilled to help pick up uh, the teddy bear toss at the Grizzlies game on Saturday. Yeah, it was actually fun. Yeah. Going out on the ice, picking up all the teddy bears. That was actually fun. 
by the way. And by the way, the, the Grizzlies swept this weekend, which is great. Yeah. In Kansas City Saturday and Sunday. Um, they've got some of their guys back. It's good to see the Grizzlies with some of their guys back. I mean, you're looking at, you know, whether it's Wright or Pfizer or – and I'll tell you, between the pipes, they're stacked. I mean – and I like Trent Miner a lot. I mean, he's on an NHL entry deal. I, I, I mean, Trent's a really good goaltender. But yeah. Lucas Parikh's a stud. He had a shutout yesterday. Like, if you haven't been in the United the I said the United Center. Oh. I said the United Center. If you've not been to the Maverick Center for Utah Grizzlies hockey, you got to get out. Yeah, you got to get out. I mean, it, it's just such a it, it's such a good family event watching Grizzlies hockey. Like the teddy bear toss. Ugly sweater weekend, like was just so much fun. Yeah, um, yeah. They they got it was crazy to see they got fifteen hundred teddy bears. Yeah, that they're gonna donate to Children's uh, Hospital. It's just crazy. Fifteen hundred teddy. That's bears. a lot, dude. Fifteen. I said fifteen hundred. That's crazy. Uh, let's see. Uh, Richard McDonald says, uh, "Here's a tenth of Ducks bet. Pay up, cheapskate." Hey. Hey, appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, crazy. Uh, Pied Piper says the Beaver beatdown in Vegas was glorious. I'm, okay, I, I'm not. I'm not sure if you're talking about yourself or if that's a, a a football reference or what you're doing there. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Greg says, "How would you know, Ducks? You're too poor to afford Pac-12 Network." the problem is like guys like duck season or rough's official roll in here and they just want to talk smoke and yeah it's like at some point you just your act wears thin yeah you know uh brett burnett says if utah's uh suck season is sunbelt caliber then the pack really sucks yeah i mean it's yeah i'm not even going there uh ryan thomas says uh living on the east coast for 15 years had made me a hockey fan it's a great sport everyone should get into. I love yeah, hockey. I agree. Love it. Uh, Duck Season says, Monty's show doesn't know what the Beaver beatdown in Vegas is. They are casuals. But... Well, somehow, some way, you're here every day. So, you yeah, know. Yeah, you know. You know. It's just I'm not going to get into it now when I have like 10 minutes left in the show. Yeah. Uh, Utah very well might lose to Penn State. Penn only lost to two teams in the playoffs. Well, yeah, yeah. who did they play other than that? Yeah. We've had that conversation. We can have it again tomorrow. Yeah, and we'll, we'll have more, a lot more Rose Bowls as, as the week goes on. Uh, don't forget, we're off next week. Yeah. Um, but we'll be doing YouTube shorts. Uh, have you guys checked out our YouTube shorts? We have a lot of uh, shorts on the channel. Um, we're at 92 likes, almost 1,500 views, 92 likes. If you yeah. haven't hit the like button yet, please do that. Uh, please give us a thumbs up and a life. That would be, uh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, Ruff's official trying to get blocked today says Dr. Wikipedia sure mentions me a lot when I'm not commenting. Okay. I'll never mention you again. How about that? I yeah, will how, never... about, how about we'll never mention you again and we won't read your comments. Is that what you would prefer? Done. You asked for it. Ruff's you wanted us never to mention you and never to read your comments. You got it. No problem. Um, let's see. Mark Hale says, are you calling, uh, Jake short? I am. Yes. Well, short and fat because that's obviously the, you know, fat. You know, uh, by the way, we went snow. We were up snowboarding yesterday. Yeah, it was cold. Yeah, yesterday was the coldest day, but the snow in Park City was phenomenal. 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 Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Greg Romano says the bottom eight of the Big Ten are on par with the Pac-12. They are not. I. 
See, and this is, and we've had this debate too. I think the Pac-12 is a better football conference than the Big Ten. And I know we've had this debate over and over again. Yeah. Over and over again. Uh, San Diego State says, keep up the fun work, guys. Appreciate it. Luis Capazzo says, next week will be long one without uh, any Monty and Jake. But again, that's not true. We'll be doing shorts on our YouTube channel, uh, which are one minute videos. You guys know what YouTube shorts are? They're one minute videos. Um, And yeah, we're, because we're, like I said, we'll do a short from the Laker game. Yeah. Because we're going to the Lakers and Hornets on Friday. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll do a short of all the stuff. And then we're going to Tahoe in the middle of next season. You know, duck season again is being oddly sexual with you. Okay. But duck season, you haven't said if you're a woman or a man, Jake is a short King. He can take me out to dinner and treat me well. I would love some quality time with Jakey Pooh. That's just so weird. Get your lazy ass in the gym. Yeah, that's weird, man. Yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, that's, odd, that's, that's a little odd, you know. Charlie M says, what if there's a big announcement? What do you mean? Uh, Brett Burnett says, uh, you two aren't wearing shorts. Nothing under the table. Nothing. You know, nothing under the table. Uh, Let's see. Duck season says, I'm a real woman. Somehow I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't believe that either. Three-fourths of this is inaccurate. Uh, I, I, you know. And, And by the way, here's the real problem, Ducks. Woman, not whatever the case is. You're not financially well. Yeah. So the problem is, is that even if you were this great person, number one, you're an Oregon fan, and number two, you're, you're poverty. You won't pay your bets. Yeah. So, so what, am I always going to have to pay for dinner? Yeah, that ain't happening. He's already always doing that. So, Damn. you know. He, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, you know. You know. Uh, let's see. Nothing no, under the question. table. I'm going to be sick. Well, I mean, you asked. Charles M. says, while you're on vacation. Yeah. Yep, that's right. What do you mean? That's right. What if there's a big announcement while we're on vacation? I, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, Luis Capazzo says, uh, why are you so bitter today? I can't say his name anymore, so I'm not allowed to. He's asked us not to read his comments I or think, not to well, say Well, what you could name. say is we could replace his name with Softs, right? So Softs, why are you so yeah, bitter Because he is today? soft. I would yeah. agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah. All right, the Monty Show is presented by the Advocates, utahadvocates.com. Uh, by the way, should we, you want to talk about going out to eat real quick? Yeah, real quick. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. We got time. So we went to, um, for Jake's birthday. Jake's birthday was yesterday. Yeah. Thank you to all the Twitter people, by the way. That was very nice to see. Yeah. We went to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse up in, um, Park City at the Park City Hotel. Yeah. The food was good. The experience was good. The, am I too picky in this? Yeah. So I make the reservation for four o'clock. Now, do you remember what the name of the platform was you made the reservation on? Uh, Resi. Resi. Okay, Resi. Four o'clock reservation on Resi. And we go to map to the hotel and they're like, this location's closed. It doesn't open till five. We're like, well, we have a four o'clock reservation. (laughs) So we call and their voicemail says, we're not open until five o'clock daily. Bro, what are you talking about, man? And so we get there, and they're open, and I'm like, hey, your voicemail says you guys aren't open until 5 o'clock. And by the way, Resi says you're not open until 5 either. And and the the woman that was working the counter was the manager, and she's like, oh, well, okay. Like, just no big deal. And so that immediately turned me off. 
But our, our, the guy that took care of us, our, our server slash waiter, was a guy named Judd. And you Judd know. did a spectacular job. He did a really good job. Yeah, I would agree. The steak was really good. Like he gave us these, oh man, pecan crusted sweet potato mash. Oh my God. Yeah. It was unreal. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, we were talking to a friend of ours, a friend of ours in the restaurant in- industry, and he was saying it's been dead for like three weeks. Since Thanksgiving, it's just been dead. Like, and he owns a chain of fast food restaurants. He's like, it's been dead. Yeah. Absolutely dead. You know. And it's shocking to me because we we've been going around and we were at Chipotle the other day, completely dead. When we were at Mobetta's, completely dead. Yeah. We went to Burger King the other day to get a double cheeseburger. Treated us horribly. One other order in the entire restaurant. We waited 10 minutes. Is it a service problem or are people not spending money? I think it's a combination of both. I think it's a vicious cycle. I think because people aren't spending money or as much or whatever, you're not getting good caliber service, right? So like it kind of goes both ways. And and so to me, like, like the Ritz Chris scheduling thing, that's just them, you know, with all due respect, you're a steakhouse. Like you have to be better than that. You don't like, care. There's a certain level that you have to operate at as a Ruth's Chris. Like, that's just an accepted thing in our world. And I was surprised that it was just so like, oh, well, okay, yeah, well, I'll, I'll let the higher-ups know. Like, <laughs> like it's it, it, you have holiday hours. Like, you should, you should post those. I, yeah, you should I guess. make those available. Like, you should update. Like, you know, so, like, I don't know. To me, I just... I didn't love that, but the, but I wasn't in in the place you were. I, like I I would be happy to go back to that Roots Chris. I thought that that was a, I thought it was a better experience than the one downtown. I thought that I it agree. was it was it was nice to be in Park City instead of downtown. Um, you know, so yeah, a little bit of both, I'd say. I don't know, man. I think it is. Hey, we got to a hundred likes. Appreciate you guys. Um, I think this question about is there a recession. Because I am not fully convinced. First of all, I know we're not in a recession. We're not. And I look at some of these layoffs in tech. Are Twitter layoffs because of a recession? No. No, they're not. They have nothing. are, Are the problems with Twitter advertising, which Elon Musk is trying to spin into, well, people aren't spending money. You really think people aren't advertising on Twitter because of the money? It has nothing to do with the money. Like MX in Utah County lays people off. But MX was bought. They laid a bunch of people off and replaced them with people they, they brought in. So are those really layoffs? Well, they're not. Layoff they, is the wrong word to be using. That's the thing. Well, but that's how it's being spun in the tech industry. Like you look at this FTX disaster. Yeah. Is that, what was that? Is that just people not buying crypto? No, absolutely. People were buying crypto hand over fist, spending money on crypto. And it was a, a pyramid scheme. It was a fraud Yeah, that and, was perpetrated. And don't even, don't forget to mention that FTX spent $5 billion over the last two years in their business. So like, it's no surprise that you basically ran yourself dry. And you look at like Goldman Sachs, Goldman Sachs had had a round of layoffs. But why did Goldman Sachs have a round of layoffs? It's a trickle down. All of these financial and tech sector guys, what were they? 
They were all very heavy crypto investors. So it's not that people aren't spending money. It's not that people aren't in the economy. These layoffs, in my opinion, are based on poor business decisions. Yeah. Like I look at, I look at Goldman. Goldman, who I have money with at Goldman Sachs. Goldman is somebody that has mismanaged parts of their portfolio, in my opinion. And you, you look at the, the ripple effect of crypto. Dude, you've lost so much money in crypto. Elon Musk is a perfect example of this. Look at what's going on with Elon Musk and his stock. Yeah. Do you really think that people are bailing on Tesla stock by the droves? Yeah. Because they can't afford to keep their money in, in Tesla? They don't believe in Elon Musk anymore. So I am not the guy that's buying that there's some all-out recession. I look at the housing market. Look at the rates. We're at 6% on mortgage rates. The mortgage rates are not through the ceiling. They're not 3% anymore, but 6% is not a historically bad rate. And what we have is a real estate industry that's sitting and waiting and hoping because you want to pay 3%. You don't want to pay 6%. Well, if we're still paying 3%, you can't afford to buy houses. So are we really in a recession? We're not. Yeah. I'm telling you we're not. And, I, and by the way, I don't know that we will ever have a recession that is defined as it historically was. I think the game has changed too much. Yeah. The financial game has changed too much. We're not going to have oil prices and housing prices and, you know, like stocks and bonds and like, yeah. we're not going to have that all in one crash anymore. The issue becomes, again, Amazon. You look at Amazon layoffs in the sectors that they're in. Buying Whole Foods was an abject failure. They laid off in retail. Yeah, Devices has been a billion-dollar failure over a decade. They laid off people in devices. We, we won't tell the truth because the negative narrative that we get on the news is more convenient, and that's more easy. But our, our unemployment remains low. Our open positions remain high. So people are working. People can find jobs. Yeah. People are making money. People are spending money. It just costs more money to buy a car now because the Fed rate is high. Yeah. So people are spending less money on big purchases like cars. But I would remind you, it is really easy to buy a house right now. Like if you want to buy a house, now is not a terrible time to buy a house. You, you better hire a really good real estate agent because you need to negotiate well because you cannot pay what it's listed at. But if you get a 6% mortgage and you walk into equal market value or equity, there's no reason not to buy a house. It's a smart financial play. There's just no reason not to do that. The issue becomes when we start buying the gloom and doom that is that is what people are spinning on the on the on the economy in the in a recession because I I just don't think and the indicators are not there that say it's a recession. Yeah, I would love to understand that. Yeah, Richard McDonald gives us a five dollar tip to say it's definitely a recession. Google quantitative easing and tightening. Currently, I am in the tightening cycle. Trillions of dollars are being pulled out of circulation. Okay, well, I don't know that that, 
So give me the economic indicators that tell you we're in a recession. Why are they, why, why is the Federal Reserve acting in the way that it is? So what is, do you understand like inflation? Everybody's like, well, inflation is why we're in a recession. Inflation's on the way down. We're at $3 a gallon for premium in Utah. So inflation's on the way down. The cost of goods remains relatively high, but even the cost of goods is coming down. Yeah. So where's the recession? And why is the, why is the Fed doing what it's doing? Like that doesn't make, that doesn't make a lot of sense. He gives us five more dollars to say, the goal is to create demand destruction and deflate prices. It's not, that's not the goal. That's not the goal. The goal is not to, to what did you say? Create demand destruction. That's not at all the goal. You want consumers to spend money. The goal is to keep the, the, the economy from spiking way up or way down. It's not at all that people don't want to buy houses. That's not at all the case. The case is that the cost of money right now is high. So why is the cost of money high? The cost of money is so high so that we cool the housing market, specifically in the housing market. We were paying so much overvalue that we were jeopardizing consumers. People buying houses in the last two years likely are not in equity and, and very well may in some cases never be in equity because the price that we were paying for real estate was untenable. It was unsustainable because where were interest rates? Way down. So what happens when, when mortgage rates are at 3%, they're way down here. Where, where are housing costs? Way up here because it doesn't cost a lot to buy money. So people are, are paying, hey, that $300,000 townhouse is $600,000. Okay, yeah, great, because I'm getting 3% on that. I'm going to pay that $600,000 all day. Yeah. So what does that do? It creates unsustainable nobody market cares, value. Nobody cares about the long-term loan. They care no, about what their monthly Nobody cares about is. the long-term yeah, loan. No, nobody. nobody. You, you, don't, you don't buy your, your $600,000 house, your $100,000 Beamer, Looking at, oh, well, how long is it going to take me to pay off $100,000? That's not what you're looking at. No. You're looking at the monthly cost and how much it's going to, how much you're going to have to, you know, get done to cover that. But we're not, and in, in somebody I trust in finances is, is, is making a really good point. We're not seeing, one of the things we're not seeing is a ton of foreclosure or a ton of credit card, you know, like late payments. Yeah. Now, if you continue to have, to have people who can afford $300,000 buying $600,000 houses, what's going to happen? Eventually, you're going to see that foreclosure and credit card debt's going to go up. Yeah. Now, debt is rising, but we're not seeing debt default rising. Americans are carrying far more debt, but why are, why are we not seeing defaults? Because they're also earning more money. They're earning more money. They're carrying more debt. They're buying more cars. They're buying more houses. They're financing more gifts but they're able to keep their, their minimum payment because they're making more money. So yeah. we're not seeing historically bad numbers in a way that, that people think. Charles M says 3% is normal, 6% is high. That's absolutely That's not inaccurate. That's true, dude. It's, it's absolutely not, not accurate. 3% is an unsustainable, like, See, especially in mortgage. But this is the problem, right? So we all can have our opinion on this, 
But if you really think that 3% is normal, like, I'm not trying to disrespect you, Charles, but that's just not true. That's not and, true. And, and that's not even my opinion. You look at the numbers and it's not true. Like, I, it's just so clear it's not true. So that's what I say. The point is, is that I don't think that, I also agree, I don't think that we're in some traditional recession. Are we seeing things like inflation? Are we experiencing price hikes here or there? Like, yeah, we are. Are people, the, the, the core issue in this conversation really is not, the fundamentals or economics of a recession. The conversation is what people think. That's the conversation. Hey, people think we're in a recession because the news is saying we're in a recession. That's the problem. Ooh. So real quick update, because I do want to keep talking about this. Remember I mentioned Epic Games? Uh, $245 million FTC settlement alleges Fortnite was used. Yeah to defraud people of extra fees and to steal young people's information. Yeah, Fortnite is Fort Ooh. Epic Games who built Ooh. built Fortnite is being sued for multiple Ooh. reasons. That's one of them. They're also being sued for Fortnite being highly addictive. Um, people are suing for that as well. So it just is yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. It's video I, games, dude. Like I think what I think I think that is a huge story. I think that is a huge story. We We'll see what comes out on that. But man, this is why you cannot let your kids make purchasing decisions on their own on the internet. You just can't do it because it's really dangerous. Yeah. Um, you know, let's see. Um, Richard McDonald says 7% is historically average for mortgage rates. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So 6% is not a bad number. Yeah. John Penrod says 3% is so low. I now, I'm with that. you. I'm with you. Like as someone who's renting and getting piped every month on rent. Yeah, I'd like 3%. That would be really nice. But yeah. that's not going to happen for me. I didn't happen to be lucky enough to be in a position where I could just walk into some ridiculously low rate in a really conveniently priced housing market. I didn't get that opportunity. Yep. Luis Capazzo says the rates were held artificially low for far too, uh, for way too long. And now it's going to uh, bite us all in the wallet for many years to come. It is. Yeah. It is. And I, I think this is the issue with the Fed and rate hikes and, you know, cuts and, you know, when you have an economy that's coming out of something like a pandemic, I mean, you I, you really have no way to forecast what's going to happen, whether that's a boom for Amazon or a bust for this company or that company. But what did we see? We saw the boom. Yeah. We saw the boom. And this is the problem. This is playing right into what the conversation is. So we saw the boom in Amazon because everyone was at home during the pandemic and Amazon got fat. Amazon went the Zion route and hired a bunch of people and got fat. And now when you came out of the, you know, the pandemic and life kind of got back to normal here, you've got to lay people off. That's the natural ebb and flow of business. So yeah. they're not laying people off because there's some backbreaking recession. Or because happening. they're out of money or because they're nobody's laying spending. people off because they have margins and percentages to hit. And it's a business, man. And I, I look at Amazon, I think is a really, like the car industry is a great example of this. another great example. Somebody, you know, somebody like Carvana, somebody thought buying cars out of a vending machine would be a cool concept. It's never taken off. They've never made money. Yeah. And they are so far in debt on their real estate holdings because they have land in prime areas where they built these vending machines. They thought that that selling cars on, on the idea that you didn't have to deal with a human was going to be a smashing success. And I have to admit, when they launched it, I was like, oh, that's a really interesting take because people don't like the car buying process. Most people, if you do your homework you know what you're looking for, you know cars a little bit, like you can enjoy the process, right? Yes. You know how to go about it. 
But if you don't know the process and you walk in looking for a $300 payment and they pipe you for $600, that's a problem. Well, like, and the other thing is returns. Returns are a huge problem yeah, for, for Carvana. Returns are a huge problem for Amazon. Yeah. And it's why Amazon has changed its return policy. But do you see? But, but do you see what we're getting at here? So Amazon laid people off to hit their numbers. They they edited or changed or manipulated their return process to keep more money or to save more money. So Amazon is basically saying, "Hey, we got fat during the pandemic. Margins are a little bit tighter now because we're back in normal times. So it feels tighter on us than it was, but really we're back to where we were." Yeah. So now we got to be back to where we were. And I see everybody arguing over what's a good mortgage rate. I cannot emphasize this enough. 3% absolutely is terrible for the economy. It is, I mean, at that point, it's banks just knocking on your door saying, hey, here's $500,000. You want to buy a house? Like it's, it's really, it, it, it's really bad for the economy. The, the frustrating thing is that my generation isn't going to get houses handed down to them. They're not. No, they're not. They're not. And every generation before us got, in some cases, four houses handed down to them. And it's really frustrating because, because we have college debt, right? We have, we have, you know, this, this propensity mentally where we want things to be easier than they really are or should be. And I think that the millennial generation wants wants some of those breaks that other generations got and we're not going to get them but that doesn't mean that six percent is some crazy high rate that's the norm i think the biggest issue is you have a bunch of people who bought homes who i'm curious where you're going to be in five years yeah not in a good because place dude especially as a first-time home buyer that's not your forever home you bought so you overpaid in some cases by two hundred twenty thousand dollars. so now what Okay, well, when I'm ready to buy my dream house in five years, seven years, 10 years, I'm going to go sell this thing and I'm going to make far less than I should have because you should have paid three, but because interest rates were down at 3%, you paid 500000 instead of 300000 Yeah. 6% is a very good mortgage so now, rate. So now that 200000 that you overpaid for should have been your equity to buy the dream home and you don't have that. That's it's, the it's problem. A prob and, and the other thing is, and this is something I think is a huge problem in our country. We misuse home equity loans. We think that it's cool to take a, what's called a HELOC, HELOC, home equity line of credit. We think it's a good idea to take a home equity line of credit to pay off credit card debt. And the answer is it's absolutely not the right thing to do. Yeah. Because you're paying a massive amount. I cannot tell you how many people have gotten in major trouble and lost their homes because they <laughs> took out a home equity line of credit. Or people don't understand the refi process. Well, my home's worth $300,000 more than I owe on it. I'm going to take that money out. Well, the issue is, do you think the bank's just giving you that money for free? No. If you owe two hundred dollars and it's worth five hundred, dollars and you take the money out of it, you now owe $500,000 on your home. So what happened to your mortgage payment? It more than doubled. And we're seeing so many people getting into these these home refi or these refi loans who just don't understand that. Yeah. You have to have, and it's why, you know, our our, our mortgage guy, Debra Davis, you have to have a really good mortgage guy. Yeah. Because they need to say no to you. They need no. to say no to you. It, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, let's see. 
Luis Capazzo says, old enough to remember my parents' mortgage was 12%. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Kurt Meyer says, I got the peanut butter index. My bottle of peanut butter has gone from 4 to $7. That is inflation. My home property taxes went up $800 this year. That's inflation. I would agree Nobody's with that. Nobody's denying there's inflation. Oh, yeah. Kurt, Nobody. There's definitely inflation. Nobody's denying that. Yeah, I don't think The there's... conversation isn't, is there inflation? The conversation is... Is there a recession? Is there a 2008 caliber recession happening? Or are we headed that way? I don't think we're headed that way, and I don't think it's here. I do think there's inflation. I do think we're dealing with some factors, again, like Amazon laying people off because they had to cut some fat from the pandemic, like the oil industry slash gas industry just being way too greedy over the summer and thinking that they could just plow people for three months because, again, oh, well, there's inflation. But there's no reason for you to be charging $2 more a gallon, right? Like, literally, there was no reason for them to be charging $2 more per gallon. Yet here we are. And I think at one point it was like five oh five in Utah. That was like the peak of, of the gas prices. We were paying over $5 a gallon for premium gas in Utah. And we can't anymore, and this is just my opinion when you say that, we can't anymore confuse, I don't know what's a good example, People look at, oh, well, everybody's got to pay more, so companies are raising costs. That's not... Higher wages don't mean that there's a huge inflation problem. Hey, people are paying more for gas. We have inflation. No, they're gouging. We need we need to have something in place that doesn't allow gas companies Just to gouge Just because us. it costs more to, to, to get chicken breasts in your food business doesn't mean that the gas company should be charging you $2 more a gallon. Yeah. It's different. Luis Capazzo will be our final commenter today. I bought my first house at 20 years old. The interest rate was six and a quarter. When I sold it and built the one I'm in now, the rate was three, six, five. Yeah. That's so, called making so, but, money. But you knew, and I know we got to go, but you knew, hey, my rate is half on this new house. Let's do that. Yeah. You knew I that. Know, I love the discussion, you guys. I, I really do. And I think it's an important one. Know your money. And if you don't know your money, make sure you get help with your money. The Monty Show presented by The Advocates. Make sure you find them online, theadvocates.com. Off next week, back tomorrow. Make sure you give us a thumbs up and a like. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.